Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fred Hampton and Sweets. It's been a hell of a week already. Uh, it's been kind of a wild week, actually. And, um... Yeah, I guess before we get into everything... Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just see... I can't, you know, I'd like sometimes for this to be just a break from everything else that's going on. Um, but there's something about the the shooting that happened in Highland Park uh, yesterday. And, you know, another... I don't know, another police shooting, too, where they shot 90 shots at a guy and hit him 60 times. And, you know, do you ever just feel tired? <laughs> you know, do you ever just get, like, really tired? That's 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 how it feels today. And I don't know. It's it's a lot. I mean, you know, I... Obviously, I'm I'm not like a direct victim here. You know, I'm for those that don't know, I, I'm in Chicago. I uh, live here in the. I don't know why it's been bugging me so much. You know, I thought I was sort of. You know, for better or worse, you know, for worse, I thought it was kind of numb to a lot of this shit. Um, but it just sucks, man. It just fucking sucks. Like what a we're going to have to do some kind of episode or something on what, what we actually do. Like, because some, I don't know, man, like, like, look, progress is slow, but I'm just really afraid that I just hope it's not too late. You know, like I'm, I'm here to fight no matter what. I know a lot of y'all are going to be here to to fight and still be involved in, in, in politics and just, like, to be out there just because you know it's the right thing and because y'all are little punks. <laughs> y'all are a bunch of punks who, who do rad shit. Um, but I don't know. I This is going to be vibes. Okay, like, like, I don't want to discount the shit that's been happening, the shit that happened in Highland Park in particular. And, you know, I wish I had something more to say other than, you know, we have to, I guess we don't have to solve it all right now. Right. But fuck it. I'm still, I'm still here. We're still out here. Uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, let's transition off of that, you know, but my, you know, I'm, it just sucks. It just sucks. You know, it just really sucks. But yeah. So really what we're here to talk about for the most part today is whether 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, how much pop socialism actually should be a thing. It's kind of become a thing if you haven't been paying attention or if you haven't noticed. Uh, I don't know if y'all have been on Twitter or on the internet at all, but obviously there's a lot of leftist memes that are... You have phenomena like the TikTok bimbos, for those of you who don't know. Uh, TikTok bimbos are these... Uh, women, mostly women, but there are uh, people of all genders there who uh, sort of dress up opulently, dress up in the traditional sort of bimbo fashion, and they call themselves bimbos, but they are sort of spreading leftist and anti-capitalist ideas. So there's sort of a tension between the aesthetic of what you would think from, you know, what a leftist would be or anything like that. And, and there's sort of an acceptance of the fun of fashion, the fun of just, you know, not, uh, you know, not like, um, judging what you're wearing or, or just having fun, you know, dressing up, doing that, and then spreading little bits of socialism, little, you know, just little nugs of socialism along the way. And they've been kind of blowing up on TikTok a lot. And actually there's been a lot of sort of content on TikTok, uh, at least so I hear that's pretty leftist. That is pretty, uh, a lot of people will explain things like the housing crisis over these little TikTok videos. Uh, I think that's kind of cool that people are doing that. Uh, full disclosure, I sort of came more into leftist politics. I know um, more and more through, or the thing that really kind of drove me to start really interrogating my beliefs and, and attracted me more to leftist politics was um, YouTube. And a lot of people on YouTube, people like ContraPoints, uh, who is Natalie Wynn, who makes these excellent sort of videos that are deconstructing capitalism, but uh, really deconstructing a lot of things. Uh, she was a philosophy student. She was going to get her, I guess, doctorate and then ended up dropping out. And I think that's the best thing she ever could have done for all of us because she's kind of like spreading philosophy to the people without having to go through the whole academic route of now I'm going to be a professor and now I'm going to be this and now I'm going to be that. Um, and she's been fantastic, I think, in just getting people to talk about ideas that were not really mainstream. I think a lot of us can kind of forget that before 2016, really, with Bernie's campaign, there, there wasn't really a popular space for more leftist ideas, uh, at least not one that I knew of which is really odd when you look back at it, honestly, you know, and I know that Bernie ended up losing that campaign and the world has kind of, or at least America has been a fucking whirlwind since then. But I think it's at least been a victory for popularizing ideas of what a government should be, of what an economic or what you should expect as a, a worker or someone who is a sort of a participant in society, uh, it helped popularize a lot of things that just were not in the public lexicon before that point. 
Uh, healthcare is a human right. I mean, you, you know the list. I don't need to go over them. And a lot of people on YouTube, like ContraPoints, have been exploring these ideas and sort of deconstructing a lot of capitalist ideas uh, to uh, audiences that have reached millions at this point. And I've noticed from some people, and maybe some of you have too, uh, particularly from that guy who said he wanted to fuck my mom, <laughs> Uh, that some people are a little annoyed by this. You know, they're a little, like, annoyed by the fact that not everyone who is watching these videos or not everyone who's involved uh, in sort of the pop socialism from the TikTok bimbos and from these people on YouTube and whatever, that a lot of these people, their understanding of capitalism or socialism or communism doesn't run that deep. Or maybe they're accused. That's a better way to put it. A lot of these people are accused of having sort of a cursory knowledge of these things, which I think to some extent is probably true, too, for people. But a lot of some people are annoyed by the fact that, like, you know, someone, just some guy starts a podcast and can't quote Bakunin and can't tell you word for word the inner workings of Marx's capital and can't tell you, you know, I don't know how five sheets of linen convert to two pounds of iron and six blocks of cloth or whatever the, whatever the fuck Marx is actually trying to talk about in the first three chapters of capital. Uh, some people are annoyed that the depth of our understanding for our, um, a lot of these pop socialists is just not that deep. And I think that's, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. A lot of people think, oh, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Honestly, I'm just going to give my take right now. I don't see how in any way it's a bad thing. I think it's almost like a look, like like one of the reading pieces I put up here, in case you wanted to read it, is about Steve Bannon, who sucks ass for sure, but... One of the things that I find fascinating about his story is a big part of his sort of creation of more fringe alt-right politics and rising, sort of creating that movement was about communicating with people in World of Warcraft and noticing that there was this sort of disaffected video game population uh, the video game population uh, or video game playing population that was sort of apolitical, but had all these uh, concerns and were malleable. And Steve Bannon, this guy who was some kind of, you know, banker at a, what was it, Goldman Sachs or some shit like that, ends up kind of creating these targeted sort of this targeted content for these gamers on World of Warcraft and for this sort of disaffected, young, white, uh, constantly online population to sort of radicalize them. He's really doing straight up propaganda, right? He's, he's trying to radicalize a base. And I think we can all see how effective that was. 
And my thing is this, when we talk about pop socialism, or when we talk about people just at least being like socialism curious, I don't see how we can seriously think that we can have a mass movement without having a way to sort of get people into the party. To to do our own version of basically, uh, whether you want to call it propaganda or whether you want to call it just like vibes. I prefer vibes because, you know, we do have better vibes. But you got to like, you got to get, let it be the gateway drug, baby. <laughs> you really do. If someone's socialism curious, you can't just be turning them away because of their lack of understanding or because of the spectacle of it or because it's entertaining. Like you got people most of the time want to listen and do things that are entertaining because most of the time under this kind of capitalism, when they're not doing that, they're fucking working and they need a break. Right. I think it's good to have a break that can lead you into having a deeper understanding of the system, which you live in. I think that's good. I think it's good to have a break where it could lead you into having a community of people who also feel the same sort of disaffection. And instead of that being twisted and turned by someone like Steve Bannon, you get a little bit of understanding of theory and a little bit of understanding of just a more accurate understanding of why you're disaffected. So that's really all I have to say about it. Honestly, I would love, love, love to hear all of you uh, and all of your thoughts on how we can bring people in, how, whether or not you think there's a, some validity to the critique that, to the kind of gatekeeping that's done with socialism or the kind of gatekeeping that's done uh, with these TikTok bimbos. Cause I don't, I, you know, like I said, I put my cards on the table. I don't see how it's bad. I really don't. Like, it's kind of cool to me. I I just dig it. You know, it, it, it's fun. And if we don't want to talk about that too, fuck it. Just call in. Let's just talk about whatever. I said, this is a vibes only podcast today. This is a vibes only episode. We got the sad shit out of the way in the beginning. Let the healing begin. All right. This is the part where we're healing. Where we're singing Kumbaya. Passing around the virtual whatever. <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really the, really it, you know? So yeah, feel free to call in. Do, um, I'm really happy to hear from you. Uh, if not, I'm just going to sing. I could tell you about my day. <laughs> tell you about my dates. That's been wild. That's been a, my God, dating in your 30s is ye. <laughs> oh, so it's saying that you can't call in right now? Let me see. Let me see what's going on. Maybe it's on my end. Hmm. I wonder... That's very strange. Private, only people you can... Oh, here we go. I... Sorry, I... Changing it right now. Okay, now people can call in. 
Okay, let try it now. There we go. There it is, baby. All right, let's get started. All right, Ja, what's happening? Ah, hello, Bide. Can you hear me? I can. I am. Uh, I can hear you. I'm in the car um, driving home. I just uh, my family's visiting in town right now, so I just came back from a butterfly exhibit of all things. Oh, that's cool. What? What kind of? That's happy. Yeah, that's super happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about what you were saying, and I can kind of... Okay, so the, the question that you asked is, is this gatekeeping about um, the lack of depth for which people understand socialism and various uh, things about it and, and things around it and how to frame it and how to influence people uh, to start to understand it? it the one thing I could kind of see Start, is yeah, sometimes... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, with so, Sorry, you cut out for a little bit, so I just want to make sure I didn't lose anything. You're saying this this framing of and how to understand it, and then you cut out for a little bit. Yeah. like The one thing I can think of about why people would be sort of concerned... Oh no! I think the government's got him again. <laughs> Is there- oh no, Ja! Bye. No, you you're you're Bye. cutting out right where you're getting to the meat. Now there you are. There you are. I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. That's because I'm driving past these funky ass mountains, man. Okay. <laughs> I can. You know, I can get back in the queue. Yeah. Should I do that? Because I'm gonna be out, no, of this, I can- out of this preserve. Okay. Uh, I, I mean. I I can kind of hear you now. You sound good now. Oh, there he goes. Okay, we'll see. If I cut out again, I'll get back in the queue. Deal. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, I don't know. I think some things can get lost in translation when you're curating information for certain mediums like TikTok. You know, YouTube is always great because it's long form and you can get your whole argument out there. Um, you can cover all your bases if that's what you if that's what's possible for you to do if you know enough if you are skilled enough with comms and messaging. But sometimes little little snippets, tweets, whatever it is, um, they can give people they can give people talking points. They can construe things in a way that's kind of like easy to debunk, kind of point by point, and that doesn't take in to account the complexity of, of the whole idea of what socialism is and all the different degrees of it and everything else, right? Because here's the thing. They don't really teach it in, in school. Like, we just... True. We don't have... I mean, who's really out there teaching Marx right now in our, in our universities? And that's a huge problem. That's crazy. Yeah. Right, because you want to. That's what I was arguing about on my on, on my on my show last hours left with this guy. I was thinking to myself, man, like here we are having the the stupid socialism or um, uh, or communism versus capitalism conversation, which I never like to have because it's literally just stupid. Of course, there's aspects of capitalism that make some sense in some context, just like 
even communism, there's a lot of stuff that makes sense about it. And I don't think that we've had a, a fair playing field to really evaluate, you know, make a real map of like when, when this stuff actually works best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent correct for everybody but he, in what configurations and what situations we just get these big blanket. Hmm. Huh? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get, uh, I, I didn't get a uh, booted. Okay. When she comes, uh, when, 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 okay. yes, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. Yeah. It's an easy setup. People are driving crazy, crazy. So do you know what I mean? I, if, if there's any reason why, Biden, I do. that's what I think it might be. Other than that, I'm, like, I'm all for the bimbos of TikTok. Like that shit's fun and interesting. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like in, in the words of Andre, speech is only reaches those who already know about it. This is how about it humble as a mumble in the jungle shots and springs I don't know any outcast heads oh. out there I, I, I only heard half of it but yeah that's outcast yes. so sometimes I feel like those things are more for us a, a bit a bit box bimbo <laughs> it, it seems more for yeah. us and I, I think I don't know. Like, should we buy it? Should we freaking like start a group and like make a, make a channel in here for people that want to like read marks over the next six months or something like that? I mean, we should, but here's, here's, here's my, my thing, right? I, even with all of that being true, we don't have a very, uh, in-depth, we don't really have a lot of in-depth, uh, conversations or education about marks about the theory and that stuff actually starts to matter or at least it's it's very helpful um mm -hmm. i have not regretted my journey into theory and there we could talk about all the structures that kind of keep out uh marks from schools and you know the sort of prevailing power structures how they how it's by design that we are sort of not very educated about Marx or educated about these things that would lead us to being a little more anti-capitalist or questioning even or the system as it works. just to have a healthy critique. Just yes. to have a good, yes. solid, healthy critique and understand right. the frailties of a system that we're supposed to worship like a fucking deity. A hundred percent. But I think the thing, I mean, when I think of my journey, my journey, <laughs> when I think of my, like, uh, <laughs> my journey into getting into theory, it's basically from TikTok bimbos, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I think, you know, it's YouTube, but the, the idea is that, yes, I understand that having just that cursory incomplete understanding of socialism does not necessarily help us get to the next stage, but it does help a lot of people get connected with resources and with knowledge that they otherwise would not have really been exposed to, right? Absolutely. I think the fact that I've gone from like, because, you know, I've talked about before, like I used to be a Joe Rogan guy, like a big Joe Rogan listener for a, a while. Um, mm. 
And it was mostly, you know, like the drug episodes and stuff were always my favorite. You know, like Duncan Trussell is the shit still. I think he's great. Um, mm-hmm. Just so fun. But he, you know, like, he's kind of exposed me to people inadvertently. Like, that's how I found Brianna Joy Gray was from going from Joe Rogan to rising with the hill with Crystal and Sager to mm-hmm. Brianna Joy Gray was on there every once in a while. And every time she's talked, I was like, this motherfucker knows what she's talking about. And yeah, that damn Brianna. I know. Right. Ugh. But another Brianna, like, I feel like every time we do this show, uh, Brianna gets brought up and everyone's like, Oh my God, she's so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but you know, like that's I think that's important. You need to have those stepping stones for people, and you right those those less like um, I don't know the the less the ones that are a little more fun. It's it's I don't know if you've seen like there are a couple videos about the PewDiePie pipeline or anything like that. Have you ever heard of that? These things. Um, I, I yes, I have heard about that. Okay. Are you familiar with the concept, or should I refresh? You know, I'll refresh people just for that. Uh, yeah, refresh, please. Yeah. So PewDiePie, he was a, he still is a YouTuber, but he, he's kind of like your typical sort of uh, shock humor. You know, says a lot of things that are supposed to be like, you know, well, says a lot of things that are questionable, right? As far as, uh, you know, think of like a. 13-year-old kid playing Call of Duty online and the things that they would say there, too. That's kind of what PewDiePie was, right? And still, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with his content now. He may have changed. But, you know, he'd make, like, edgy jokes about, like, the Jews and stuff like that, right? And it was always seen as ironic and yada, yada, yada. But people were starting to talk about how those jokes and kind of creating that environment uh, would get people into get people who are watching PewDiePie uh, sort of they would start watching other content that was a little more edgy and a little less uh, a little more explicit about being anti-Semitic or about being uh, alt-right or about you know similar things and what they started seeing is that people started who watch PewDiePie started to kind of go down this little pipeline where they'd end up being radicalized, right? And more and more radicalized. And it got to a point to where, I mean, there are a couple of the, the, the mass shooters that have happened who have at least talked about PewDiePie. And I'm not saying that means, you know, that don't mean it's on Pew- PewDiePie or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that, but and, you know, there's debates about how much was the person just, like, trolling about actually having PewDiePie on there or whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't try to understand the psychology of these mass shooters, aside the fact that they're all fucking, like, loners, right? But, like, the, the, the point being that getting into just some content about video games with a guy who's kind of edgy led some people, and a good amount of people into being alt-right, which is a little wild when you think about it. And right. it's, it's not really direct. And there's actually something similar going on now with um, bro culture and with weightlifting culture. It's actually fucking nuts. That Wait, is what? Yes. So there's a lot of, like, people who have been on YouTube for a while who are, like, these 
get swole people. You know, they, they usually just do normal sort of go to the gym, do your lifts, um, get strong. Uh, get content. swole. Kill get swole. Body. Yeah, yeah. And they do like little jokes and stuff like that. Like people like the Hodge twins or like the guy like Yo oh, Elliot, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah, but okay. I do know who these people are. Yeah. And here's here's what's crazy. Like back when I was in college, when I first started lifting weights and shit, because, you know, I'm trying to get swole, trying to get big. But back when I first started lifting weights, I'm watching the Hodge twins and getting like information about how I should, uh, you know, do intermittent fasting, how I should uh, set up my, you know, different days for different body groups for my lifts and how many sets and yada, 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 woo, woo, woo. And Come to find out, I stopped watching them a, a long time ago because, like, once you get the basics of it, like, you can just do the same shit basically for the rest of your life and you're fine. But what, once I, I returned about five years later just to see their videos, these guys are full on, all their shit is Trump content now. They're full on, like, talking about, you know, like, and, you know, maybe women shouldn't have rights or whatever. It's like crazy shit. And, uh, that's something that's happening with the wider sort of bro fitness community right now. And I think okay, it's kind of, why? yeah. Do you, do you think that that gets people extra, you know, extra clicks, extra attention, extra, you know what I'm saying? Just to, to, to oh, be able to, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sh- I'm sure that, look, I'm not saying that the machine of like capitalism or the machine of like attention grabbing isn't a well-oiled one, Right. Uh, that that incentivizes people like that to, you know, once they notice that something they did got more clicks, they start, it's like a positive reinforcement thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. The story of Candace Owens, basically. Like, once she started doing some right-wing shit and started getting a little bit of money from right-wingers, she just kept going and going and going, and now she's gone. Uh, but that's that's kind of why I think you need... Content that's, like, a little more, like, fun, but, like, socialist. Or more, uh, you know, aimed at giving people an alternative path. And part of that, too, honestly, I mean, is in large part, too, I I really believe, like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not one to, I'm not, like, an ideologue, really, at all. Um I definitely have ideals, but, like, those ideals can be broken if I see just solid information to the contrary. And I'm I'm willing to change my mind, like, all the time. Sometimes it's annoying because, you know, I'll be like, well, that's a good point. You know, like, whatever. But, like, I, you know, the reason why I find myself going further and further to the left is because I don't see it refuted. And Mm. the, the refutations that I hear are, like, empty. You know, they're like the Jordan Peterson refutations of, I read the Communist Manifesto, and it says, you know, like, everyone should have a wife. I don't know. That's, he sounds more like Kermit than that. He's more like, I don't know. I, <laughs> Not Kermit. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like Kermit the Frog. I mean, like, but, you know, like, once you start just hearing that the, the information they have is like, just like actual bullshit, it's, I, my mind does not do well with, like, just hearing things that don't make sense. Like, yeah. make it make sense to me. And I am, I am desperately waiting to be debunked on all the things. <laughs> right. right. Desperately. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, but 
But I think you still need that pipeline, basically. You need to give people a way to be exposed to some of these ideas, right? And Yeah. That's okay, so why? Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that there is something inherent about your personality? And I, I'm, I'm thinking about this for myself right now. Like, I'm, mm. I'm thinking about myself as a 20-something or even actually a late teenager reading Aaron Magruder's work on, on the boondocks. Yeah. And, Love Aaron Magruder. And just being like, yeah, like this is this, this is, for the first time somebody is making sense. And I didn't have the words to describe this before because I was a knucklehead, you know, 16 year old or whatever that just didn't pay attention. But this stuff is all making a lot of sense or just, I, I know what you mean. Like, but I, I, don't, I don't feel like I would ever, I could never fall for the beauty school dropout pipeline. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen to me. I, I oh, don't buddy. think so anyway, just because of, I- you know what I'm I, I, my poor, you are a summer child. I am, I am what one of mean? the winter. <laughs> really? I, oh, I've been, I've been, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> I mean, I've been in, here's the thing. If I, when you grow up in a small town without any other mm. black people around you in isolation. Oh, no! with edginess there's some shit that gets what some one day we'll do a whole honestly honestly i want to do a whole episode with a guy i was thinking about it all all day today but there's a guy who i came up with i don't well i i didn't i didn't really know him that he was in a town right next to ours that was even smaller but he legit i swear to god uh you know the the clayton bigsby the black white supremacist sketch Yes. from Dave Chappelle. Yes. He was that, but he was not blind. He was that, uh. but not blind. He was a black-white supremacist. And I, I heard him say some of the most foul shit about... Like, the mind is a like... The craving for acceptance, the craving for community, and the, you know, just the fucked up situation of everyone telling you you ain't shit, and you ain't ever gonna be shit. You can fuck yeah. someone up real good. And I do think that there's plenty of that going on. I do think there's a lot of, like, otherwise pretty normal, like, not, like, people who can fall into some shit like that. And Well, you know what, Bide? I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm lucky because I'm gay mm-hmm. and I'm black. Mm-hmm. And that'll pretty much, you know, there's so it- many... Things that people talk about that go on in the world that I literally have no relation to because I could never be a part of that club. I was mm-hmm. never going to be accepted exactly in a, in a Christian church. I was never going to be accepted with exactly you know uh, 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 any straight friends. You know, I, I was never going to have any straight friends, or I was never you know like all these different things, right? Which you know there are exceptions to all these things of course but it allowed me to be outside of the general fishbowl of society and be like oh look what the fish are doing this is weird right right and then seeing the ones that actually make sense and be like ah okay they see what i see somehow right you know i don't i don't think i stood a chance yeah i i i i, I there is a it's fascinating you say that because there is sort of like a uh, a small, I don't even know if you call it an advantage, 
But when you're not allowed in the club, you can kind of see everything that's going on in that club. And when you know you'll never be allowed in it, you kind of... It kind of makes you a little, I don't want to say rebellious, but it gives you a sense of clarity to things, you know? And I think there were two, there's, that's what ultimately saved me in the end, too, is I can never quite be accepted. And Mm -hmm. I could not, I could not keep that with my, I don't know, I could not, um, um, you know, like harmonize that with my attempt to be accepted. So eventually you just sort of accept your, accept that you are an outsider and then start looking at why that is what is this Uh what's going on and that you know that's been a big part like i would never like you know i am happy that i came up where i did it's hard i I, like but i've seen i've seen people go the other way man i've seen them go real hard and and that is that's a scary place to be. That's a Aww, scary, scary shit. place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are you there? Hello? Hello? Okay. Jai, I think we lost you for a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back up in a bit if you want to call back in. Um, but thanks for calling in. I'm going to go to Shelly for now. All right, here we go. All right, everyone. You know her. You love her. Give it up for Shelly. Oh, my God. Every time. What's going on? Every time. Hey, how are um, you? I, you know, I have been very busy this week. Um, yeah. I have barely been paying attention to Colin. One of my friends, their, like, their baby's almost one, but he ended up in the hospital. So I oh, was. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, uh, is he okay? But, or um, the baby, yeah, is it okay? He's, he's getting better, but um, basically he was diagnosed with Kawasaki's disease, which is incredibly rare. Um, oh, it was shit. just very icky and gross, and she was an absolute mess. And so I was just, I've been totally, totally busy and distracted with that, plus holidays and having some family around. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad to finally be at my house. And not have any obligations other than just chilling with you on this app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you made it. I'm sorry that you had so much stuff going on. But uh, yeah, it happens. It's yeah. it's life. All yeah. righty. Yeah. What do we? Okay, so we're talking about. So number one, I have plenty of comments about. Okay, okay. Fuck it. Let me just go down yeah. my list of points. So did that? Yeah, guy go down. Me? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, no, my mom would not fuck that guy. Okay. Uh, not, not her type. Uh, yeah, I, I would assume at all. So, so. yeah, uh, my mom's got standards, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty, and she, she, she's, she's less of a Thundercats fan, more of a He-Man kind of girl. <laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah. assume so. I just wanted to clear the air because you just kind of asked the question, but I wanted you to actually give us an answer so we could explore that yeah, right away. So, you know, I'll um, confirm it with her after this. I'll give her a call. <laughs> Like, hey, mom, hey, that guy who was trying to bully me, did you fuck him? Did you do a call-in show with your mom where we can just ask I should. No. Um, I have have critiques of that dude that are actually incredibly infuriating, but it's kind of more of, like, um, the cherry on top. Because I have a couple of things. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. So no. Uh, but the- I, you cut off for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, the okay. the I want to get back to the important point of mm-hmm. having my mom on the podcast, yeah. and then everyone calls in and asks if they've fucked her. Is that what we're doing? Is that <laughs> is that what you propose? <laughs> no. Should we just clear the air with everybody involved? Yes. yes. It can just. All be right. Like- if anyone can call and be like, have you fucked me? And she can be like, no, I have not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, right now, Sonia's in the lead for that because she's got a picture of a dog and my mom is a big time dog person. So, all right. Uh, we'll so see what happens. But anyway, get profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just go ahead and change it to a dog. <laughs> right. Woof, woof. Um, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's go with the actual critiques or the, so the point one, you have. Yeah. He had kind of said bubblegum pop socialism and mm-hmm. that was following on the heels of Brianna Joy Gray doing her TikTok her bimbos of TikTok thing. And right. now you're kind of sitting here and talking about the popularization of socialism, left-wing ideas, the TikTok format, and is there potentially any downside of having cursory, cursory knowledge of these ideas and putting them out there? Um yes and no, I would have to say yes and no. It is always better if socialist ideas are becoming more popular. Um, always, but you know, there are plenty of times that people don't really get it and their cursory knowledge can lead people down like a road that is a little bit long and winding and, and whatever. Also, yeah. I've been down that road. So yeah. I can yeah, you have. from that perspective and be like, these people aren't serious. They don't, they need to read theory. I can do all of that type of stuff. But that wasn't me a couple of years ago. So criticizing those people from the get is not allowing them the same leniency that you had in in sort of like your journey. So that that's kind of one critique of that. We don't know where those people are going to end up. Whatever. I will have to say many times in some of those situations, they do kind of verge on. I would probably say a very professional managerial and bougie element of, of their line of thinking. Yes. Which can, which can be a challenge, but um, it, it would be better to, at least I tend to think being on the left, it's better to find the correct line on the left rather than finding the correct line in other places. Do you right. see what I'm saying? It, it just kind of yeah. makes sense to... I, I, I think so. Could you explain that a little more? Or Well, I'm, I'm trying to... Like, I, I think about linen. And I think about how... You know, at first... I mean, up until they totally declared themselves away from, like, the Social Democratic Party. I mean, most of his writings, he's in the Social Democratic Party. And they had all these conversations. They did all this type of stuff for years and years and years. And then finally they were having all those conversations and they eventually said, okay, no, we're making a break. And a lot of it had to do over imperialism and sort of the World War One situation, like we're not going to fight in a rich man's war. Okay. You know? And a lot of, yeah. uh, and that was one of his splits from kind of like sort of the German social democracy people that, you know, he said, no, all those wars, fuck that. And people were like, no, we're still going to support our, our bourgeois state. And, and that was one of the big breaks. And then that kind of made him and 
them go a different direction. And then whenever they got popular, the whole thing about the, the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. And a lot of people like to mention this whenever they just gloss over the history because the Bolsheviks, Bolshevik means majority. Okay. And the Mensheviks means minority. Okay. Well, the Bolsheviks were the minority in their kind of parliamentary system and the Mensheviks were the majority. But the reason why the Bolsheviks claimed the majority party title is because they said, no, we are the majority party because the working class is with us. You are the Menshevik party. The, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. So a lot of people walk over that and they say, Lenin's such a dolt. He had, you know, the minority, but they're only talking about the bourgeois parliamentary system. They're not talking about the majority of the people. So that kind of gets glossed over and it kind of gets written off as like Lenin and the Bolsheviks be crazy. You know? (laughs) But they were basically saying, no, we're fighting for the majority of the people of the country, even though they were the minority in government. Hey, hey, Shelly, please don't be mad at me. You're fine. I got lost (laughs) just a little bit when you were talking. I know. I get lost too. I, I forget... What was, how did this come up? What was the... Because we were talking about like sort of the the bougie type aspect of some of the bimbos of TikToks and how those can be kind of a professional managerial class and what Ah, that may seem as though in the majority of leftists, it might not be the the actual majority. Oh, interesting. So you're saying that it can give like a, a false sort of perception as to what leftism is to everyone else if what we know of left of left leftism blah 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 is you know yeah tiktok bimbos only is that what you mean it can end up like creating a perception of this is what left of leftism what the fuck why is that so hard to say today my tongue is just like nah yeah yeah, i guess i don't know i know i know (laughs) i know yeah every time i say it i have like a tick over here twitching every time i have to say leftism like "Ah, ah, yeah um but also, yeah, another, okay, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Another point of that was is that those were those conversations were happening among, you know, the leftist party, and they were essentially fighting against those same elements. And this, and all I'm saying is, I'm saying like, it, we're going to have the same fight here. Hmm. You know, it's if things get more <sighs> popular, if the ideas get out into the ether then yeah, you're going to have maybe a majority of people that do have that cursory knowledge. Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep, that's, that's 100% true. I think that's correct. We're going to, I mean, but we're already fighting amongst ourselves all the time, right? Like that fighting is already happening. But I do think that even if you asked us, you know, if you asked us who are the Mensheviks and who are the Bolsheviks or what, whichever right now, we'd have disagreements about that. But if you asked us, you know, hey, do you guys want healthcare, or should people yeah. all have access to healthcare? Then I think everyone would be like, yes, and then become a coalition. I think you know, I think there's this, there's uh, the thing that I've noticed too as I've started reading a little theory and just being more in leftist spaces generally, or just political spaces where people are, you know, like DSA, where people are like talking and we're actually strategizing and stuff. I think there's. There's this tendency for us to think of, like, theory or not even theory, but, like, even the left as something that has to be 
we all have the same ideas about everything. No. You know? And I think that's sort of a... It's almost like a mistake. Like, I'll say this. I see a lot of people who end up fighting and... Like okay, this is this is so dumb. I see a lot of like inner group drama between like socialist revolution or Midwest socialist or Chicago Democrat Socialists of America who all show up at like a uh, teachers union protest or a strike, mm-hmm. and they all show up and they're going around to strike people. And I'm not saying like this is just just taken as an example because it's um, you know not literally. This isn't something I actually saw, but like I stuff like this, they'll show up to a strike, all those different groups, and they'll go around to the striking workers and just be talking shit about the other group of people instead of being like, yo, dog, we're all here right now. Like, shouldn't don't we all just agree that, like, we should be supporting this union right now? Why do we need to tell them about our inner sort of drama, you know? And that's what it feels like to me whenever people are talking shit about a lot of pop socialists too. It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, they're, they're on their way or they're they're They have the gateway drug of whatever being on the left is right. Of, Uh of understanding some of these concepts and some of them are going to get more in depth into it. I like the fact that there's an entry point. I want to just create like my, my big thing is I want to create that entry point because at least with that entry point, we have a better chance of getting a lot of other things done just from mass mobilization, right? I think without that pipeline, without TikTok bimbos, I think it's going to be harder to do something like a, a general strike. Right. I what think, I'm saying is I'm saying yeah. that that is a fight for another day. We are not yes. at the point. Like we are yes. nowhere near the point where it's time to start bringing out the big guns and to figure out which faction of leftism is the one yes. that actually has the majority line, the population yes. majority line. We are nowhere yeah. close to that. We are not organized strong enough or anything like that. Um, and then uh, Jod kind of talked about like, well, let's do a book. Let's do a book reading. Let's leave Mark. Marx is great. He's great. As far as like the economic theory, all that other type of stuff. I think yeah. if, if really anyone wants to sit there and get into this type of shit, you need to read more political theory, not economic. Mm. And, and your Machiavelli's the prince. Well, you're, if you're talking about leftist, if you're talking about leftist political theory, then you're going to read Lenin. You're going to uh. read those guys. You're going to read guys. You're going to read Fidel Castro. You're going to read Ho Chi Minh. You're going to read guys. Yeah, that, that is actually something we need more. Uh, that that is something that could use a little more advertising or a little more kind of like understanding because there, that is where a lot of the practical or the practical arguments, well, the arguments that people make against communism, for example, are, well, it's failed in all of these countries. Right. But that's not the failure is more on the part of the, the political theory that was going into it actually after having obtained power, right. The way that those, structure those uh countries structured their power and that is a different conversation and that is yeah that is something we can probably but again i don't even think we're even close to that too but you know what i mean right, correct like, but what i'm saying is if, is if we're talking about that i don't think that the left really struggles in the united states to understand that capitalism is the issue i think what yeah. they struggle in doing is 
figuring out, okay, now that you know that capitalism sucks, what's your strategy for beating it? That's, that's the area where, where we are just literally just spinning around in circles, just wringing our hands and we don't know what to do. Well, look at successful revolutions. Do you think, so this is a good question, Sherry. Well, at least some I want to know, Shelly. Do you, do you think that an understanding of theory is necessary for people to come up with like good ideas of what we should be able to do? You know, how to understanding the problem, like you said, is one thing. Do you think it's necessary that we need theory to understand the solutions? Yes and no. Like we kind of talked about last time, that is the job of the vanguard party. That is the job of the individuals that are basically sort of more dedicated to it. They're They're the nerds with their faces in the yeah. book, it's up to them to sort of push that out to the masses, which was going to be my critique yeah. of Dutro and, and, that wants to yeah. call in and yell yeah. at a whole bunch of people and tell them how they're so backward and he has the right way to go about it and he has all that other type of stuff because that's yeah. that's not how that goes. If, yeah. if you have the right line and you aren't able to get it out, that's your problem, not the masses' problem. Right. And that's, but that's according to, that's Lenin's theory there, right? For the most part. Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, essentially, yeah. So I, I, and I don't know how, because like, I'm, I don't disagree, but there are, I I guess I I don't disagree. I guess where I'd, hmm, what's the best way to put this? The, Uh, If we talked about, like, the need for a vanguard party, Mm -hmm. there are sort of critiques to even the need for that or how useful that is or will be. Like, there are are parts – here's how I see the vanguard party, right? Or the vanguard more is like an amorphous concept that's not necessarily homogenous. And I I look at things like – I mean, I'm going to bring up the the force to vote example – Come with you know just that idea, that strategy being come up with by um, you know what's his name, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Dore. Uh, I don't think he's a hard Marxist Leninist, but it was a yeah, good idea, yeah. right? It was a good idea for power. Uh, actually, AOC has put out, and I know people got their feelings about AOC. I think she's put out a lot of really great um, ideas for what the federal government could do now for. Uh, in light of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Those are good ideas, right? Those are things that, like, again, Jimmy Dore and AOC kind of hate each other here, right? Or at least Jimmy hates her. Uh, I'm sure she does not like him. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think that... This is, this is what I would say. I would say uh-huh. if, if we had the actual vanguard party here... The Vanguard Party recognizes which stance, regardless of who it comes from, is the correct stance. But do you and think so there's an advantage to... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, so you would adopt it. I'm saying force the vote was right. the correct stance. It was. Right. Um, also, doing stuff with the government that you have in power right now that could help assist in the rollback of women's rights is also the right line. Are they at all located 
together with each other, uh, Jimmy Dore and AFC? Right. No. But it's it's up to sort of the people that are actually sort of have working class interests and humanity's interests in mind to recognize what what needs to be uh, fought for. Right. I guess uh, this will be the last thing I say, and then and then yeah, and then we got to go to the next caller. Yeah, but do you think? Because here's kind of where I'm at is I. Th- I understand that need for a vanguard party. I kind of get nervous whenever I think of a vanguard party to some extent because I think that, um, you know, they're prone to corruption or taking over and politicking. And motherfuckers who be politicking can politic. They can come in. They can they can do their thing. They can take it over. And now they have this sort of air of legitimacy to their, uh, you know, their sort of party. And maybe the, at least the, the, not the will of the masses, but at least they have for a while, the, the backing of the masses. Um, I think one thing that I find really cool about TikTok bimbos and, and the rest is look, we have, we're basically decentralizing power to the point to where we're allowing the policies that should win through in our own little coalitions, our own little coalitions made up of little vanguard parties, a lot of different little vanguard parties to push through the best ideas or the ideas that we think are going to work the most. Now, we have a problem with getting everyone together to support them. And I think, again, Force of Votes is a really good example of that. But I think something like opening up abortion clinics on federal lands is something that everyone, like, we could build a coalition around, right? Like, everyone can kind of get behind that idea. And I think there's actually a power to that because, my, I mean, my biggest gripe of politics generally is, like, the emphasis that we put on the personalities who are in politics. As if yes. it takes, as if anyone, even an exceptional person, even an exceptional, a truly exceptional human being, should be, like, the end-all, be-all of our politics. Like that is the marker of good policy. Good policy should be good policy, right? It, it, it should rise above the sort of personalities and desires of the politicians who push them through or of the, the, the people, the organizers who push them through too, right? Like I love Chris Smalls. I like what he did with Amazon labor union that I would like to see that shit just keep busting without Chris too. Like it doesn't like, I like ideas where if you cut off the head of the snake, it's, you know, it grows like five back in its place or whatever, right? I guess it's a hydra, not a snake, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I kind of think having pop socialists is advantageous to that because one thing that they're very good at too is connecting directly with the more casual masses. And yeah. if you have enough people who are in these decentralized groups who are discussing these things and who sign on to an idea that can be popularized out to uh, the more pop socialist and then spread more into like a, you know, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I still think that you can have a mass movement that's super decentralized. And I think there are actually some good advantages to that. Um, what do you think? Am I, am no, I a big dumb dumb? You're you're essentially describing the Soviets. You're describing the Soviet councils. That's yeah that's for a while. Is I mean, yeah. 
you have the community organizations, you have all that other type of stuff. They, and then you have the people that enact them and push that stuff forward and, you know, make it more of like a popular policy. But also we need, we do need to get to the next caller cause I've been on here too long, but if you have time, I will call back in because, um, I, I would, I do think it's really important to talk about the structure of democratic centralism and why Ooh. it's actually the way that you would want to organize for power if you're trying to take state power. Um, okay. Okay. Let's talk, let's well, we'll see. Stuff. We'll yeah, see where this night goes. Good. Yeah. And and actually, before I take Amanda, Amanda, I know you've been waiting so patiently. Uh, July actually dropped out of the call. I think was right there in the queue. So I'm going to bring uh, July up real quick, and then we'll uh, right, go back into the order. Bye, Shelley. Always a pleasure to have you. All right, July, go ahead and unmute yourself, and welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. What? Me? What? Yeah, it's you. Welcome. Hello. Howdy. How's it going? Well, when when I was first jumping in line, I was wanting to do some of the comedy stuff, because you had sort of led into that after sort of it was a pretty downer feeling at first, and you were trying to turn that train to... You know, not yeah. go down about everything. And, and and I'll start with, I mean, your sister last week, that conversation you had with her was just so wonderful and touching. And I think her name was Lede, right? Yeah, Lede. Yeah, she's great. So, and yeah. it, and Dane was actually on the call before her. And, and I didn't realize it was her, it was your sister or that was the name, how her name was pronounced. So it seemed like we had bide and dane and laid i know yeah he's like soap opera actor names like you know and it was like like oh it's it's quite the show today and then of course it was la day which i was like now wait a minute it can't bide and la day it's either bide and laid yeah we we don't follow rules we do whatever we want (laughs) Well, that's I, I have an old joke about that, that because there's a Canadian actor named Elias Co- Elias Cote no Elias Coteus, and it's uh-huh. like you can't have it both ways. It's either Elias Coteus or Elias Coteus, but that's just my point of view. <laughs> but I always have these things that are weird to me that I love, but it really goes back. Now I'm going to sort of turn the train a little bit. So okay. back in the day, I mean, everybody knows Gilligan's Island, but in the old shows, they didn't include the professor and Marianne at the end. It just said, and the rest, there were only two more. <laughs> and, which just, and it, and it, and it would funny. drive so crazy. I could tell that it was that episode. Those, those were the black and white older episodes. And I would run and I would hide behind the chair and cover my ears and la, 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 until it was over because I could not stand not including everybody. Oh, that, for real? Yeah. That's Damn. always been one of my things. And for better or worse, I mean, sometimes it's gotten me to where I'm sort of in the sucker position sometimes. I've I was sort of the way I was raised, and I sort of hinted at my my dad, the lawyer, being not a great guy. But you know, he sort of raised raised my brother and I to to sort of be fooled. He used to say how much he enjoyed tricking kids because they were the easiest to mm. to manipulate. 
(laughs) That sounds super fucked up. I'm sorry, man. He messed up. And and like one of my earliest stories is I'm like a vice president Harris, Kamala Harris. You know, she has a story where she popped the neighborhood bully in the nose. And I bet she's lying. Little kid. And I did too, except what happened was the neighborhood bully was pestering the younger kids and including my little brother. And so I was telling my parents about it. And so in the middle of the night, my dad got me up and he had a pillow that he used a green crayon to draw a circle on to teach me how to punch so that I could take on the neighborhood bully the next day. But he told me this is what I would do. I would say, if you don't stop bullying people, I'm going to show you the secret. (laughs) And so he was bullied and I did just that and he didn't stop and I popped him. You know, so I basically set this poor kid up to just be, to cold cock him. Yeah. Because he didn't know (laughs) that's what was the secret was. Yeah, I would think I would think that. Like, I'd I'd probably keep bullying you if you told me that you're going to show me a secret. I was like, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So we were we were both shocked as hell when his nose exploded under my fist, you know. And you know, and then you know, my dad thought it was great. My mom was only mad about the green crayon pillowcase, but. That's funny. <laughs> but that, that just sets up that I was always kind of like trained to get set up and tricked. And it really has been a little bit of a legacy where, I mean, you know, I'm pretty good at bouncing back and creating cool stuff and um, all kinds of stuff. But I am a little prone to getting, you know what they call the sucker position now, which kind of ties in a little bit. I'm new to some of this socialism uh, talk. You know, I'm a lifelong Democrat, which is, you know, in Southern Appalachia. That was kind of unique. Yeah. Yeah, And walking among the Bible belters. But it was a time when, you know, it was the tail end of the, you know, advances after the civil rights stuff. And it seemed like the next thing was going to be, you know, the feminism stuff. So that was really what some of my passions were. But, but it just, I, I, but it so it's been a long, slow, um, un- upset of the Democrats, you know, just seeming to never be able to learn basically. Yep. Yeah. But, and it really started with, I mean, you know, when Reagan did the whole, you know, Iran-Contra stuff and the mm-hmm. secret arms, you know, to, you know, not get it, rescuing the hostages from Iran. Yeah. So could, you know, maneuver that, you know, it seemed like, okay, we've learned from that. And then, no, then came the Bush-Gore thing. And see, okay, we weren't, they can't go lower than that. And then, mm-hmm. then we got, we didn't learn again. It just mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, so now I'm pretty pissed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you have to show them the secret, July. <laughs> you 100% have to show them that secret. I, <laughs> I would. Yeah. Uh. yeah. It's, it's, I, I've been the same way as far as, you know, both in kind of being fooled for a while and then also 
wanting to let everyone in. Um, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, like why? I, I'm not a big fan of like gatekeeping with stuff. It, mm-hmm. it, it feels very like, what am I getting out of that? You know, like if, there, if it's gatekeeping, there's like certain things you can gatekeep about, like no problem, you know, like your sex life. Yeah, go ahead. Do whatever, you know, like gatekeep the shit out of that. Like whatever you want to do. Right. Um, I'm not like inviting everyone into my bedroom <laughs> to, you know, whatever. But that's but, you know, when it comes to like politics or something like what am I I don't see what I'm getting out of. I, I I think I get a sense that some people get like a sense of fulfillment or or of identity out of knowing stuff that other people don't know or yeah. or sort of, you know, like uh, it happens a lot, too, with like video games and shit like people, uh, you know, will be like, I'm a real gamer or at least back when I was a kid, people would be like, I'm a real gamer. And if you weren't like playing, you know, really, you don't play super mario 64 how can you call yourself a gamer if you don't even play super mario 64 or whatever it's like like shit like that i don't know why that happens i don't know the psychological sort of motivations for that kind of behavior but i don't think that has any place in politics in particular because it's not like politics are never really about you it's about you but it's about like what will impact your life right like People are, it's one of those things that people are going to, they're almost entitled to develop a political opinion. It's because we're talking about the things that we have to cooperate on, basically, to get things with um, potentially limited resources or whatever, right? Like, we're talking about community resources that need to be uh, sort of... uh, aggregated and um, distributed in certain ways. And to try to gatekeep someone into thinking that like, oh, you might be thinking a little bit like me about how it should be distributed. Huh. Have you read, you know, fucking whatever his name is, like Bakunin, or have you met, you know, have you read Akuna Matata or whatever? <laughs> like, who cares? Like, it's, 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 that kind of behavior to me is is more detrimental, especially to your common political goal, right? If I want to get somewhere too, and I need people to go with me to get there, then like, why would I not uh, bring them in to help get us to where we can both want to be, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, my, my practical example of that is, you know, in college... I've got a theater background and, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm an artist, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then, you know, I produced a show in New York with a lot of the, um, you know, alumni that I'd gone to school with. And they were all, you know, just kind of turned off because we we're all still young because they all still thought, yeah, we'll all make it, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it, but the the process of marketing and promotions to get people to the show and that just didn't make any sense to me to be snobby about it because you you have something you've created and you want people to come i mean there's it's the other part of art and it wasn't and you know like we're really in a time where every concept is 
it, it can be used for good or you or misused for bad you know for lying you know strategy uh anything can be um well i mean lying is bad but it's yeah. like just that it's it, it can be twisted so um and marketing and promotions that can be just as a concept that can be the sort of yeah we'll trick people or it can be like hey right. i really tell people about right. the stuff i mean it's not inherently bad right in like, our society it definitely to just what you said about gatekeeping i think that the the Democrats have gotten real. It's one of the things that makes me maddest about the Democrats is they've really sort of internalized this kind of activity of gatekeeping where there isn't any program that you don't have to jump through so many hoops. And it's so hard and so yeah. ridiculous. And the whole idea of just giving people food, taking what you've you've got, especially as a local or state government, you've got tons of, you know, land and property that you, you know, you're the owner and steward of just make it housing, you know, just do it. And it's, that really gets to me, especially. So. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like once, once you are, you know, once you're saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm a Democrat and I believe in democracy and all this, and you are, actively participating in uh, anti-democratic practices uh you know you've kind of you've kind of revealed yourself you know you kind of shown your ass at that point because you you are you're kind of showing who you really are showing what you're really about and i think that is one thing that i really i don't know like if this was just like a, a fuck democrats hour uh i mean we could we could have a fuck democrats year the amount of stuff we could talk about. I mean, we could do uh, just the two de- parties as they are. Uh, we could probably, I mean, there's already so much content of just why they're bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, because our, the ones that hold any kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a big problem. And yeah. I think that for any kind of alternative party that you want to start building, uh, Especially now, like, yo, if we're going to – you're talking about gatekeeping on the left before we've even built power. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, that's- dog, that's like – it's like you're, you're like – it's like sending a dick pic before you even go on the date, you yeah. know? I mean, sending a dick pic at all is like I – I don't know. I don't – maybe there's some people out there who want to see him, but I've never, I've never met him, right? Like – but the idea of like you're 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 putting the cart before the horse by like gatekeeping people who may be interested in socialism or may be interested in learning more about your ideas before you even like allow them to to get in before you even you know before you even uh like you're sh- you're shutting off people who would all potentially be on your side and i just don't i don't see the point of that it's it's weird to me and you yeah. know like if you wanted to send the dick pic, maybe if you guys are just normal on a date, who knows what will happen? <laughs> you know, like there could be you could you could give her a live show, maybe give your partner partner a live show at some point if you just are normal, you know. But like you know, it's well, it I is t- what it is. I mean, there was an interview on NPR a little while back where they were talking to a 
a domestic violence survivor and, you know, just, and she was saying, hey, I'd really like to be asked what I need rather than the hoops of the program. And the interviewer was like, hmm, that's such an interesting concept. Like, and I'm just like, what? That's just... (laughs) It just is so obvious, and we've really oh. got backwards and really institutionalized it, and yeah. we're just screwing ourselves at this point, frankly. And I still can't stop kind of referring to myself in a sort of Democrat way. I've been doing it for decades, so it's, yeah. I have to work on that. But in the inclusion arena, I think there are, especially in red states, there are, which I'm from Tennessee, that, um, you know, there are people in the Democrat Party and wing that aren't the power people that we also don't want to exclude and just throw them away as, as the what the term I hear a lot is shit libs. You know, yeah, I didn't think yeah. it's the same concept of not and even the labels. I mean, the yeah. labels are confusing in and of themselves and and. Ultimately, who cares? It's about the action. And I'm a big, big thing of the talk, meet in the walk, you yeah. know? Yeah, 100%. So. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in people's capacity to change and grow. I know a lot of people never will. Um, but that's not the point. Like, a lot of people, the fact that a lot of people can and do, I think, is more important, at least to me. I agree, especially with a certain kind of people setting the model of that, because not most people aren't sort of, you know, constitutionally designed to to be those people that stand up. And really where, you know, if our leader types have been the ones standing up that they're full of shit, that's that's not setting the example. That's why not. Yeah terrible reputation yeah and even it's so much embracing of the right for all the bad messages well they say they're awful and they certainly are right right (laughs) uh, so it really is the i think what we're really talking about when i hear all these shows and what are we going to do and how are we going to do it i think it we're talking to each other because we are from different corners and different personalities and but that is the people who are going to stand up and try and it be not full of shit version you know so we may be different and that is our strength i really believe it's just how we gotta merge it together and comedy and humor is is really important part of that hell yeah it is i mean i think so i mean shit like i to me, like I said, the entertainment value of just like getting someone like exposing them to a little bit of ideas while you're just having fun and while you're laughing and everything, that's good. Like I that can really I mean, it's so weird because it's I'm not like someone who would read theory and somehow, you know, a bunch of like dick jokes or whatever have led me to theory. How does that work? Like what? You know, it's it's such a crazy, tenuous connection. But like, I and I think too, July. I think with you in particular, having this sort of pathway where you see the continued sort of failures of Democrats over and over again, and sort of the institutions, 
And you've seen the eroding away of the institution since Reagan, as you were talking about with, you know, when you mentioned Iran-Contra. And you've, you've seen things that have challenged that idea and even that identity that was core to you and is still kind of core to you of being like a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And to have places where you can at least start talking to people who also understand those failures and who can articulate why they're happening and provide actual good reasoning for them. And you found it by, you know, having fun or, you know, getting on an app and you're talking to someone or whatever. And and now here you are to where you have, you know, we have a better understanding of why these failures continue to happen. Like, how is that a bad thing? I just... I can't see how that is a bad thing. I just, that's good. And I've also seen, because I've been around a long time, and like I said, where I'm from, I've seen what shifted in a lot of what's happened with the right and how that got there. Now, we'll maybe save that for another show because I want to let other people leave, but I'll leave with one more thing. The first couple times y'all were talking about linen... (laughs) Tonight, I, I was thinking they was talking about sheets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean when we were talking about Lenin, like the, the oh my God, like uh, Russian Lenin? Yeah. Was, <laughs> oh my God, that's funny, yeah. Turn Lenin into this? And I was like, well, how do they do that? That's a chemical process. Well, I mean. uh, honestly, honestly, the funny thing is we were talking about actual Lenin too, oh. like Lenin sheets. From that, so there's a part in Capital. If you ever start reading Marx's Capital, it's like an infamous part that gets memed all the time now. But he's talking about how things have value, how materials have value, and the the exchange of uh, the the sort of equalized exchange between different materials and their value. So he's trying to equate something like if you have like ten rolls of, or ten spools of linen or ten rolls of linen, that's equate. It's equivalent to like three pounds of iron, which is equivalent to like, uh, you know, two ounces of gold. And he's trying to basically come up with why are these different sort of quantities of things uh, said to have the same value. So, but we were also talking about Lenin, as in like Marxist or Marxism Leninism, and you know, like Vladimir Lenin, the guy who was the first, I guess, the first communist leader of Russia. Yeah, um, at least officially. I mean, like. I actually don't know too much. You know, maybe I'll bring. I got to. I got. I just got to call Shelly and be like, just teach me your ways. Yeah, she, she, Shelly now knows I'm better than she thought. So sorry, Shelly. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. You both got cute cats, so that's all that matters. Like all the cat pics. Speaking of cat pics, let's go on to Amanda. Amanda, what's up? You changed your profile pic. You got the. You got the. The cat pride coming out now. What's happening? Hey, how you doing, Bide? I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, not too bad. So, interesting conversation so far. Um, um, going all the way back to the beginning and, and you know, socialism and kids. It, 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 one of the things that, that, you know, when you watch a movie too young and you watch it later as a grown-up and you go, oh, or like when you watch Looney Tunes as a grown-up, yeah. there's a ton of stuff that you just don't see. Right. 
until right. you're grown up because you right. can see different textures and stuff. I guess right. that's probably a, the best example. So, so with, with the different methods of organizing people, economic or political, socialism, capitalism, communism, all the, all the isms, we're first exposed when we're kids in school, right? But right. they're not going to put emphasis on the ones that aren't the one that they're supposed to be teaching us about because it's our system because that's right. is the one we use. So right. we should get more detail in that system, right? Right. But that's also, as we all now know, in ways that we didn't when I was in high school and not even when I was teaching high school in the 1990s, that that history and that and that understanding of our democracy isn't actually the way it works on the ground anymore. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But so the so going back to <clears throat> the complexity of <clears throat> of understanding some of the methods and some of the the theory, and I'm so glad to hear that you're catching on to the theory, even if it was from dick pics. And side note, I do know somebody I could think of off the top of my head that would be happy to get a dick pic anytime he wanted. <laughs> so there are a few out there. Don't yuck anybody's yum. I'm just saying. There's a context no, that might people, be appropriate. I just, ugh, I could tell you some stories. There's girl. appropriate context, right? No, you don't <laughs> need to, yeah. man. I got stories of my own because I'd have a phone myself and I'm a dater. So. <laughs> Yeah. Don't got to tell me. But but one of the things that I wanted to get to is 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 that one of the ways we learn is spaced repetition. Spaced okay. repetition. Yeah. Here's what spaced repetition is. Yeah, please. I tell you something. Then I tell you the same thing tomorrow. Then I tell you the same thing the next day. Once I've said it six times, now you kind of know it. You don't really have to be told anymore. It's just kind of, it's a regular, you kind of just understand it. Right, right, right. So it's a good way to learn. It's why you do practice things in any kind of school setting. I used to teach high school. Okay. um, but, 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 you know, in any kind of situation where you're trying to learn something, repetition is one of the ways you learn, right? Having it repeated, but not right after you just did it, means that you that's that makes it you have to remember it longer to be able to do it again, right? Right. Yeah. So when I was it, when I was uh, eleven years old, I could solve a Rubik's cube in Landora minute. If you handed me a Rubik's oh, cube today and asked me if, to solve it. I would take the thing apart and put it back together with the colors in the right place. Okay. So <laughs> I see. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So, but so, that's too much space, but you put right. space and you repeat it. So, so having, having political classes when you're younger and then also in college, if you go to college, that's some space repetition. And then when you get politically active, because either the Supreme Court did something ridiculously predictably stupid or or for some other reason you get politically activated then you start to hear these words and these terms and people talking right right so then you want to look into it more which is why i think the bimbos of tiktok is fantastic yeah it's a te- it's a teaser for wanting to get more yeah. and if and if people only get their information on from bimbos on tiktok no shade to them. 
I'm just saying (laughs) you might want to go a little deeper if you want to get serious about it. And I think that people who are looking for solutions know they're out there. But also, let's remember that we haven't solved it yet on this planet. Oh, 100%. 100% haven't solved it. But, like, that is a... That's a really good way to put it. I like uh, like spaced repetition has, you know, just thinking about how it's played a role in my life without me even really knowing it. But that's Mm -hmm. kind of I mean, that's kind of how I got here in a way. Right. It's just right. Hearing certain ideas sort of over and over again in the same way that like, you know, kind of indoctrination works for other sort of concepts that you just sort of pick up through osmosis. Right. Like this, but also this, this format, this, this like salon kind of setting where we can have these conversations, we start to build a shared vocabulary, right? Right. When you hear, when you hear Swarma Savant, when you hear Shahid Batar, when you hear some of these excellent, they have their language tight. You know, you think that's because it just comes off the top of their head? No, they've had these conversations 80,000 times because they're trying to make sure that they get six times space repetition with everybody. So they have to do it 80,000 times. Damn, that's, that's a, a really lot. It gets tiring, but it yeah. also sharpens your craft. As God, anybody who's point. ever seen some a play, like what, the first night, opening night, Sometimes a little bit rough, but if they've been playing for ten years, <laughs> yeah. they got it knocked down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think you think JB Horns didn't practice all the time? No, they were tight. Uh, is that like they, a play group? Uh, James Brown. Oh James my Horns. God! I please don't tell anybody I got that wrong. Please, <laughs> Amanda, delete <laughs> it. Delete secret. it from the podcast, please. Awesome. No. You can cut that one. I would never. Fred Wesley is still alive, and I have shamed (laughs) his name. My God. Oh, my God. Okay, yes. But, yes, you're right. With that kind of repetition, that's why they're so tight. I'm always going to go to JB, always, because they were tight. Like, like, right. But that's not because they slagged off and just kind of occasionally thought about it by themselves. Right. They were together playing that shit so that when James Brown gave his call, they knew yep. they were all Immediately. right there. Right. And he would give calls so, too. y'all should. If for those of you who are uninitiated, just go look up some of the James Brown stuff that's on YouTube and look at the way that he could command that horn section and just call <laughs> out hits and then call yep. out just anything. It's like you get like a second notice and they're always perfect. Like he'll just, because, you know, the way he does it is he's kind of conducting the band while he's doing his thing. And whenever there are musical changes or whatever he wants to do hits or whatever he wants to do anything, he's telling the band. And the band knows just real quick. Sometimes it's like one second. He'll be like, hit me. And they'll hit. come with the yep. amount of hits. Oh, bah, for bah, sure. Bah. It's insane. Yep. It's insane. And they're always tight. They're so good. But Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so. I've redeemed so myself. I just said, yes, you, you are. You are, you are the man. I would, I would never. I, that's why I just assumed that you'd know who I was okay. talking about. All of you, all of you, that's going to be our secret. I just assumed. Podcast, okay? It doesn't need to be a secret. I assumed that you, you would automatically know. It's all good. You're all good. Oh my God. So, so Please I just think back I'm cool. to the space. 
Bud, you are the coolest. If you, cool. weren't, if you weren't two-thirds <laughs> of the country away, I'd be asking you out. Except that I'm too old for you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You know what's <laughs> so, funny is I just saw I just saw a thing in, in the chat while I was going through it. And someone was like, this might be the first all-female uh, Colin in history. And I literally did not notice that until snaps. just now. <laughs> snaps! So, so, so I think what we're doing here is we're all building a language and some spaced repetition, and I think that's great because you hear people that are bringing the messages from Jimmy Dore, from G- Brianna Joy Gray. Right. You hear these messages right. from Katie Halper. You hear the language starting to get repeated, and the things that are resonating, people are using them. So this right. is what, what you're doing by having this room is providing a space when I ran for office, it, it, I can't even tell you, it gets so tiring to repeat the same thing every time you have somebody open the door, you say the same three things. No, the same it, thing. It's very yeah. tiring, but you can't, but you have to be fresh every time because this person hasn't heard it's like it yet. Stand up, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, so it's, it, it can be, you, feel you like a performance. Repeating. But that's yeah, why yeah, that's why politicians start to get over. stiff because they they have been doing it so long, right? Yeah. So that, so so yeah. we all have to recognize and we have to be excited about the messages we're get we're talking about. Otherwise, it just won't work. Right. But right. I know, one more thing, and then I'm just gonna then I'll then I'll sign off and let somebody else talk. I just I so much appreciate you having this room and and. Um, so, so in, inspired by what something that Josh said right at the beginning, maybe, maybe, um, maybe I'll start a socialist reading room for like wonks and other people that want to kind of get into kind of having a conversation, maybe do a reading and have a conversation or something and, and, you know, maybe build the syllabus together or something. So uh, maybe I'll yeah. start a room like that and, and folks that might be interested you know, we'll see. Might not have anybody interested, but but I think when it comes to theory, I think the leaders and their advisors are likelier to have success if if they understand some of the tactics and concepts in those in those texts. Oh, 100%. there's also good new interpretations for current situation. I think that I'm not aware of what specifically they are, but. I can't imagine that, that in a yeah. in 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 the world I mean, of of that of of socialism and anarchism and communism, there are a lot of freaking writers. So I'm sure there is a lot of good. Yeah, a, a couple of them. I mean, like I know G. A. Cohen is pretty good when it comes to analytical Marxism. If you want to get real kind of wonky, and that's useful for anytime you're having discussions about like I don't know if you're trying to like argue the points of Marxism or have a more like uh, sort of logical framework for for how Marxism is actually, or, or or at least how Marxist critiques of capitalism actually operate. I think that's good. Um, and get a little heady. Uh, what's the guy's name who did the? Um, I mean, there's Th- what Thomas Piketty or Piketty? I forget his name. Uh, who does the? He had that book. What is it called? Capitalism or Capital? Which is, I mean, but that's almost as it, it's basically just like a modern day uh, sort of critique of capitalism and markets and sort of the, the economy or, or economic thinking as it's currently sort of 
mainstreamed. Uh, I wish I knew. Let me look up his name real quick. I'm sure other people can give good examples too. What's it, Thomas? Yeah, I think putting together Pickety. a book with Pickety. Yeah, Thomas Pickety. Yeah, he has a book called Capital too. That's it's it's tough though. Um, but do it. Like, why not? I mean, uh, what he has one called Capital and a Brief History of like I think rights. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. Um, capital and ideology. That's it, and it focuses on income inequality. So it's it's really good, um, but it's it's pretty dense. And then he has capital in the twenty first century. Um, but yeah, those are some suggestions. Um, if uh, anyone else wants to give any more, either in the chat or by calling in, feel free to. Uh, but so, Amanda, yeah, thank you so much um, for calling in. This is just a quote from Danny Bessner's Empire Burlesque. Uh-huh. The project of 19th century uh, liberalism was to separate the elite from the masses and govern in the name of the masses, in a, and as opposed to relying on the masses for input and advice. In other words, governing with the masses. And I think the masses in this country are want to be governed with instead of on yeah. behalf of. Yeah. So have a great, I'll be still listening. Have a great rest of the show. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you so much for calling in. Sure. Yeah. And then coming up next, we got Cynthia. What's up, Cynthia? How you doing? Hi, bye day. I don't know how you say your name. Um, yeah. Not how you say your name. Um, right. Yeah. I just wanted to like bye day. Like. No, it's yeah, fun. No, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got it. I get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Number one, let people be bimbos. Let people yes. be ship yes. post. I mean, not Preach. don't get stuck in ship. Don't get stuck there. But there is so much importance of being able to party and being able to chum with your fucking comrades. Okay, number one, that is number one. You have to find just like chum. You're not, you em- know, emphasis on the chum. chum. Yeah, emphasis H. on the chum. Okay, sometimes you got to chum it out with your comrades. You got to laugh about shit that you're frustrated about. You have to vent about things that make you angry. You have to tell dick jokes. You have to, you know. Um, yeah. But in the same way that you shouldn't be eating chocolate cake and drinking vodka all days of the week, you want to be balanced in moderation with everything. Wait, am I am I not supposed to be doing that, Cynthia? I mean, if you're doing that, like, look, I'm not personally judging you, but I'm sure your body is. I so am literally just... <laughs> doing that right now. In fact, I've been doing that every day of my life for the past... 33 Not years. Great. Not great. You, yeah. should, you should see someone. Um, okay. No, but like, you know what I mean? Like, there, it's called balance. You have, like, I'm not saying always chum it out, you know, always tell dick jokes, always, you know, get off on being a bimbo. But I'm saying that there is a little bit of necessity and a little bit of relief. And not being so earnest and not being so down and not, like it's called levity. It's called comic relief. Okay. This is what we yeah. talk about in theater. You kind of yeah. have to have a little bit of comic relief. You just don't want to get stuck there. But likewise, you don't want to get stuck in the anger and in the frustration. You yeah. have to ultimately move up the emotional scale. Otherwise you get stuck there. 
and then you, you know, go shoot up a mall or whatever. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I'm, I'm just thinking about what you said. Uh, oh yeah. Like when I popped on at the beginning and I'm sorry, I missed a bunch of people that I otherwise would want to hear. I had to go to a a high intensity workout class. Oh, that's Um, good. Yeah, because nice. I'm not trying. Yeah, because I, you know, drink pretty heavily on Saturday night, so I'm trying to stay yeah. balanced out here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, you know, there's this, there's this trend, there's this gatekeepy ass trend that I can't fucking stand. Yeah. And it really reminds me of like, like music bros and lit bros yes. and, and film yes. bros who, yeah. um, you know, oh you. You like Radiohead? Well, I liked them back in '92 when I got their B sides on a fucking cassette. Blah blah blah. It's yeah, like, you only came in when In Rainbows was released. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I did. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, I'm judging you. No, I'm just kidding. That's a First great. Of, yeah. In Rainbows is a great gateway drug to Radiohead. By the way, I, I fucking would love that. that album. That album I would fucks that. me up every time. I would argue that. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean, guys? Like, no That's one much. comes out of the fucking room reading Kropotkin, okay? Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, I don't... This isn't a competition of who's read Kropotkin. Like, and actually, ContraPoints has a really funny bit in one of her videos. Like, I think it's about men. And there's, yeah. like, a like a little, like, meme, and it's like, actually, Kropotkin said. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. so funny. And it's just, like, you know, this isn't a contest of, like, who knows more theory. Like, by the way... If you're going to be gatekeepy like that, how the fuck does that align with the tendency of socialism, which is supposed to be about every, like community oh, God, and helping him. everyone Get and getting everyone together and lifting up everyone? That is about you and your ego and wanting to feel important and wanting to feel powerful because you Get otherwise him. feel extremely disempowered and extremely fearful. And that's your business. Like, that's yes. your problem. You know, like, yeah. it's completely antithetical to what socialism and, co- like, to what any of this is about. Um, so I'm sorry. Just get his ass. Off, guys. Get him. <laughs> because- no, get his ass. Get <laughs> that motherfucker. Get his ass. <laughs> but, you know, Ooh, like, yeah. you, like I said, no one comes out of the, room, the womb reading Kropotkin. The right. more that you start to develop and know and the more that you come in contact with and the more that you learn the more your world opens up, the more the paradigm shifts and the more you're able to make a critical, you know, uh, understanding of, Oh, now I know about how many people donate to such and such as campaign. How does that make me feel? What, how can I critically analyze the situation now? I didn't know that before, you know? Right. And so, and I will say that like, you know, you guys, it's been really fucking rough. I have a very moderate centrist liberal brother-in-law and we've been having some conversations and they've gotten fiery and they've gotten very difficult. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I, I would love a socialist or, you know, a, a reading room. Um, I'm trying not to say socialist too loud where I'm at, if you know what I mean. I um, <laughs> it's a dirty uh, word in some parts. Yeah. I'm not in yeah. those parts. I'm not in our parts. Um, <laughs> I, Because, you know, I really want to dissect things and break things down because I, my knowledge is limited. And, and like, um, was it Amanda who just, just spoke? Yeah, Amanda did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what she was saying about like, you know, like people are toddlers, like you have to kind of like 
you know, hit them over the head with talking points. And I think there is value in that. Like healthcare is a human right. And, you know, a lot of these talking points that Bernie spotted in his campaign, 100%. that really, you know, that really changed someone like me and that really radicalized someone like me. Um, and so I think that that's definitely true. But I also think that, again, with the balance thing, I am now like, okay, but I can't just repeat talking points. I have to know the facts. Like I have to be able to argue, you know, like these points, like yeah. my brother's, my brother's coming out. He was like, and can, can, can you in the chat, can you in the chat, don't come for me chat, but can you in the chat, uh, give me this, the steel man, like give me the rebuttal to, cause I didn't know this when, when I was saying the Democrats could have codified Roe, they could have, you know, they could have taken these actions. His, you know, liberal comeback was that, but the Supreme Court would have overruled it. Is that true? It's possible. Is that, it's so, it's actually possible. So, so, what so do you say to that? So what? How do we argue? What do we argue say, back with that? You just say, well, then make them make that decision to overrule it. Make okay, them do yeah. it. Like, yeah. put it on them. If that's the way you want to go with it, fine. But to yeah. tell us now that we should vote for them when they haven't done anything to protect those rights is like you know, fuck you, pay me because it's, yeah. that's, that's the problem with it is like, you know, like now, because I've been more, I've, I've been wondering about that too, because you could codify something, but if it is unconstitutional, if there's no, like, I don't know, I, I, they'd have to find it a, it would be a little different. It'd be about um, the, it wouldn't be about whether or not there was a right to privacy or not anymore. Would it would be, be about, uh, it wouldn't be a constitutional interpretation about the right to privacy. It would then shift to a interpretation of whether or not the federal government was uh, basically – it's not preempted. I guess it would be preempting. So it would be whether or not the federal government had the authority to govern something like abortions for all 50 states and whether 50 states – or the 50 states could not um, – whether it was not an infringement on their state police powers – which are basically like there's a part in the um, Constitution that says like the rights not I don't know if it says enumerated here, but it says like the rights not reserved for the federal government here are reserved for the states. So whenever people go states rights, you know, yeah. what they're referring to is does the federal government or does. Yeah. Can a federal law be passed if that right is supposed to be given to the state solely if the state should have the sole measure or all the states should have the sole measures of regulating their own, uh, you know, passing their own laws. So that's where it would be challenged. But that's the argument to him is, yeah, okay, then make them do that. Like, yeah, and, uh, and make them my, do it. Right. And I don't know if you guys know Brian, but we became friends from Colin, from Breeze Colin. And he's like, yeah, but then like also like that buys Democrats time. Like that buys them time to be able to show too. That, like he just like explained, he explained things to me that I didn't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely, oh, and also to your point about like, you know, sort of the overarching uh, category, you know, uh, thematic sure. of the room. Sure. Um, I just want to say, though, it's so cute that like people make friends from Colin. It's It's I been know, very right? cute. It's like, oh, so, it's so cute. Look at those little lefties having friends. I know. Cause I going to friends. each other's shows. God forbid. I need friends. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I just think that. Um, I just think that, yes, I think that there's a valid critique in looking at a lot of like pops, you know, socialism uh, and, and recognizing that, you know, I, that there are holes or that people aren't doing enough direct action or that they could be doing more or that, you know, 
again, I think it's about balance. I think you can't just like fully lean on this side of the spectrum of like pure entertainment um, or it could devolve into something like that. But like, listen, I, I'm a storyteller and I've been in marketing and I've been in, right. I'm a writer and I'm a filmmaker and you just, you have to understand that like people don't want to hear people just like yelling at them all the time. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just just the way that it is. You have to tell a story. You have to create a narrative and entertainment has value in that regard because you're crafting a kind of narrative so that people could grasp on. I mean, look at any, any person's, you know, like commercial for their campaign or whatever. Like there's a certain kind of, there's a certain narrative that sets up the premise. Like here is uh, an issue and it's relievable by my being elected, you know, for this position. So that's the narrative. And you have to like, I think, I think that it can be used in a good way, but I do accept the critiques that people have about it being too, you know, for sure, superficial or devolving to something like that. But yeah, I I get it. I get, I get the critiques, but like Amanda was saying too, you know, a lot of things, you know, things can be used for good or for evil or, you know, marketing stuff like marketing, like you're saying too, like it obviously has a purpose. Like we have all this knowledge about how to make people pay attention to something. We're just using it to make them buy like triple ply toilet paper, you know, instead of like to understand capitalism, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, like everything has a light and a shadow. So like, you know, you can be, and you could be, you could be Jones in for clicks and just sort of riding on pure entertainment. Um, But you could also be utilizing, like, I feel like you are doing utilizing a sort of um, comedic levity, a sort of lightness, a sort of entertainment value, but also, you know, trying to get these concepts through because look again with the gatekeepy shit, like what you have to ask yourself this question. What is your goal? What yes. is your intention? Do yes. you want to have your small group of people who agree with you and like rail against other people who didn't even read Kropotkin and I read it when I was 12? Like, or do yeah. you want to radicalize more people so that you can get fucking health care for everybody? Do you want to radicalize more people, which by the way, isn't even fucking radical, but you know what I mean? Do you yeah, want to bring more people over here so that you can get this shit passed so that you can make people's lives better? You have to keep asking yourself that question because if you don't, yeah. ultimately it's just about you and your ego and wanting to feel important because you know more than other people. And like, I'm sorry, Preach. fuck off. Fuck off. Preach. Like, fuck off. Like, do you feel important now? Do you feel better that you know more That's about right. fucking, you know? The Baltics yeah. in 1968 right. or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, congratulations. My like, mom will still can't... not fuck you, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> like, that's not going to help you fuck my mom. Like, so get up <laughs> out of here, dude. But like, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, but wild. I, yeah, I just, I, I guess the last thing, well, the last thing I'll say is like, I, 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 um, I give this critique to myself because it is a practice. Mm devolving into this sort of zone having these arguments with my brother-in-law and where i could maybe otherwise pull him a little more more over to the left in many ways i would you know i just get too angry i get i get kind of like i know more than you about how power works and i would you know and it's like it's just about being conscious of it and like practicing not devolving into that you know yeah yeah and i get that i get that you know it's hard not to be angry when people are no, like, I totally get it. Yeah. But Especially when they're, the they're, they're, well, when they're basically gaslighting you too. Right. 
And yes, whether yes, and, yes. and here's the thing that I learned about gaslighting that I just did not realize for a while. Um, and maybe this will be a whole conversation one day about just like, uh, I don't know, like the way we discuss some of these things like manipulative behavior or gaslight, just some of the stuff that gets like put out there in the ether. And you hear a lot more mm-hmm. like we all have a, a conception of it more from like Twitter. But the difference between like as it's discussed on Twitter versus as it happens in practice is here's the thing that I've noticed Mm -hmm. about gaslighting just recently. Um, It doesn't always mean the person is like trying to do it. You know, like sometimes there are people who are intentionally gaslighting you who are really trying to rile you up. And then there are people who like are going to these points to kind of protect their own ego and one way and protect mm-hmm. their own like beliefs. And one way to do it is like to just try to discount your beliefs. And it's well, weird, well, right? Like the, the level of malice that's in it. Doing... Sorry. Your phone actually cut out. Oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I just, I, I, I feel like we're all kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm not above, I'm not beyond reproach. Like I can recognize that. Like it's, it's just about being, <sighs> being conscious of your own self too and being like able to be humble and vulnerable to like where your blind spots are and where you can get a little like that. Like every time you get into an argument with someone, it is, you, it's hard not to, you know, devolve into ego because it's like, you know, you're very protective about like your beliefs and um, you feel very closely identified with them. But like sometimes you have to be able to be open and vulnerable with people so that you can, like I've, I've, been able to do this a couple of times. So I'm like, Oh, a point got through to them, you know, or they were able to see that and that kind of changed their mind a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's exactly. ultimately what you but, want. And the problem is very difficult to do because it feels very vulnerable and scary. But like, yeah. And, and <laughs> it's tough. So, so one thing that I like, and there are people who like, it's hard to, a lot of people can have like the same arguments and say the same things and be coming from completely different places. And some people are willing to mm-hmm. change their minds and some people just aren't. And some people, it takes them a little longer and they need to go back and think yeah. on it. And then they change their mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I like to do too, in these kinds of situations too, is, you know, if they're saying some like crazy lib shit, have them like, ask them questions mm-hmm. like <laughs> to explain it to you. Explain that's, how. Yeah. That's a much better. Make them, make them kind of I did. <laughs> under like, Lock them into a position with, with Republicans, right? too, with conservatives, too. It's the same thing. Like you, 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 you know, because you try to go into all this, like, no, you're wrong. And like, this is the theory yeah. of power. Like, fuck all that. Right. Let me just let me just listen to what the fuck you think for a second and make right. you actually articulate it. Because a lot of the times right. what you end up seeing is that these people have not really articulated these full out beliefs. Right. Because they're little snippets from like basically well, like I'm- a really good propaganda system. And then when you actually make them, like, start to, you know, fucking reason out what it is, Mm -hmm. and if you're just paying attention to what they're saying, then a lot of the times you can ask them questions about, like, how is that supposed to work, right? Like, right now, what the, you know, for your brother-in-law, for example, like, here's a question I'd ask him, and then I'll, uh, Sonia, you've been waiting so patiently, I'll get get to you. Um, I'll get to you. Uh, (laughs) uh, But... uh, one thing about, you know, that you could ask your brother-in-law in this situation is like, okay, well, how does voting for Democrats here, how is that 
going to make it any different or why is it different this time? How has it, if he says, well, the Supreme Court would overrule it. Okay, so then why should we vote for Democrats now then? Because what could they do? If they pass, if they codify Roe v. Wade now, then won't the Supreme Court just overrule it again? Right. So haven't we just haven't we just lost like twelve years or or sixteen years or however long it's been, like ten years worth of progress? Mm -hmm. Couldn't we have at least like done it then? Like it's stuff like that. Like once and 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 you know, I think one of the things I don't actually regret about law school. Or just like being a lawyer generally is in some ways it's made me a little less passionate, which is kind of mm. sad at times, you mm. know, like, but like, you know, I have to understand what you're saying. Like I need to yeah. understand, you must make it make sense to me. And it's made sense by like, if you have a, like a lot of times when we end up having political conversations with people, we all jump to like conclusions or like, mm-hmm assumptions and we're all fighting each other based on the assumptions let's talk about the shit leading into the assumption if someone could explain to me why the premise or or why the conclusion follows like Mm -hmm. what are the things so your conclusion is we should vote for dems okay tell me why how is that going to change this how is that like because a lot of the times people have not actually formulated these things in their minds. And I, I don't say that as like a dig to people. It's just like, sorry. It is. Ooh, God damn. Is yeah, that a firework? Ooh. Firework or gunshot. Who knows these okay. things? Okay. Well, please. Oh my God. Please I'm sorry. Don't. I'm sorry. Oh. I know. No. I'm being dark. <laughs> I'm getting panic attacks. No, it's just, <laughs> um, but a lot of the times people have these ideas and they don't even like, they haven't even really formulated them. You know, they just well, have I, the conclusions yeah. that they're like, it's a I talking mean, I, point. I, thing, I, again, you know? I, I, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm continuing on my journey of learning because I would, I would um, give that same critique to myself. <laughs> like, I, like, it's great that I have these kind of talking points down or I have like this kind of understanding, but like, I'm just, I want to be able to like be able, like, I want to be able to really ram my point home and like make a solid argument and be able to have like sufficient rebuttals. And I'm just like, not there yet. But um, I, yeah, if, I'm working on it, but it's really, it's really hard to like, you know, read everything that I want to read. And and you don't like, here's the thing too, because I always feel sometimes when you hear certain people argue or talk to, you're like, damn, I wish I could do that. And yeah, like Brianna, Brianna. Well, yeah, that's the example that everyone so good at arguing, but she's, uh, let me say, uh, let me just say something about Brianna. She is a, she is a talent. Like mm-hmm. she is, she is a duck, and I know she doesn't like to do debates and stuff, really. But she is a but duck in water really when it comes it. to it. All right, like there are certain people that are just like I remember going to law school, and there there are like people there who you just know are going to be judges because mm-hmm. their brains are just they just fire differently. And here's the thing: like not all of us have to be the firebrand, or the or not all of us have to be the person who in those moments can come up with the best points that we can do. And it's a lot of pressure to put on yourselves too. It's good to get an understanding of these things. It's good to actually try to understand them for your own sake. But, um, and it does make you better, right? You can improve and get better at like uh, arguing with people and, and sort of making your points and 
understanding these concepts better. Right. Um, but like, I, I guess don't like feel like somehow you failed or whatever, or like you're not doing enough because when these moments come up with someone who's not even really going to listen to your arguments anyway, uh, that like, you you know what I mean? He, he did, he, he does. He's not so like, like, it's not like, he's not like my dad or something, you know, like I was able to, you know, I was able to pinch through some areas. So he wasn't like that, but um, no, it's, it's just being able to like have a, a more like a really wide breadth of knowledge when people bring up, like the the specifics of NAFTA, for example, like, yeah. you know, like I don't know the specifics. <laughs> All I know is the general, you know, effects of people's jobs being shipped overseas because their unions yeah. were bust, you know, and like, I can make that point, but like, he's coming out with all these other points about, do you know why they did that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm so dumb. So like, yeah, um, <clears throat> I get what you're saying. It's like, I, 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 I have a, obviously, obviously I have a problem with being too hard on myself, but, um, yeah. Um, more knowledge, more reading rooms, more, um, education. This is good guys. The last thing I'll say for a little entertainment before I leave is I'm walking by the park and there are all these kids on their bikes setting off fireworks and some dad just railed through the park and was like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. That was so fucking funny. I- That was like big dad energy moment. Yeah, that's big. It's like that sketch in SNL with Carol when he's like, get off the shit! (laughs) That's exactly what just happened over here. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, thanks, Fine. And, um, yeah, if I ever ever feel like I do actually want to go through with the show... That's the kind of shit that I want to do. Like, I want to do an episode that's like, why capitalism bad? Like, and really like break it, right. like breaking shit down so that I can understand it. And so that hopefully other people can be brought in to be like, hmm, I didn't know about this and this and this. And now I feel differently. You know, like, that's my intention. Like, that's my right. goal. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my goal, too. Um, yeah. Is to be the gateway drug to, you know, the Brianna Joy Grays and other people of the world. Honestly, my, my goal is to, to filter as many people into like Shelly as I can and yeah, just be like, yeah. Hey, just <laughs> get Shelly on to talk about Shelly and Amanda and you know, the people who yeah. know what they're talking about. <laughs> and you know, even, even the gatekeepy bros, listen, I yeah. understand why you feel compelled to be that way. It's because you're shy. It's almost likely as men. You're so shy have a thing like you gotta have a thing for us women you know like you gotta have something you're not in the sports and if you're not in a band and if you're not you know into music or whatever you're an intellectual bro and you know kropotkin you know and i get it i get it you want to be able to impress and you're probably also yeah and you probably also want to genuinely know about shit and by the way that's very attractive but just don't yeah for sure egotistical about it you know, be it, open so, to like it, it's, helping and teaching other people. A hundred percent. Like, I think one of the failures of like a lot of the, the way that, you know, I'll get on my man's soapbox real quick. 
This is, you know, man's talking now. We got to talk about man stuff. I mean, <laughs> like, was like that, there's not was enough that of that, but did that was that real or like? No, was that did that resonate or no? Like as a oh, a hundred a hundred or was that wrong? Percent. No, I think I think it's so insightful. Um, honestly, it's really it's 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 right in a lot of ways. I think, especially in a more individualist kind of society like America, where we everyone's got to be like the you know everyone imagines themselves totally. at least initially as like a type of Elon Musk or some shit you know yeah. or some great man <laughs> the great man theory yeah. of history right like you're special everyone's got main character syndrome everyone and guys in particular since the the social circles are you know they tend to form around activities and what guys like do and like you said, like, you know, you have mm-hmm. the band people and then you have like, you know, like jocks and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And there are That's a lot cars. of people who, right, right. And I, you know, I have some friends that their intelligence was like their thing, right? Yeah. I just was right. like, I'm never going to get pussy ever. And I just, I just <laughs> like, <laughs> I just resigned myself to it. And then I grew up and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I was wrong. Um, but <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, and uh, like, uh, yeah. you know, I, I kid, but I've, uh, you know, I've always, I've done different like versions of that too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's, you know, God, I, I was such like a little shit. Like, I, I wish I could like talk to that guy and just talk to people from, you know, who are that age and be like, it's really cool that you found this interest and in everything. And one, you don't need to be exclusionary about it. And yeah. and two, honestly, it's just kind of like, like the cool thing about being passionate and having an interest is, in something is not about like displaying that to other people. Not like, Sharing. not like trying to like dominate other people with it. Yes. Right. Because yes. then it's, then even the idea of your passion starts to become about it's the perverted. dominating that's, of people. Yeah. Yes. It's it's not like a true it's it starts and, and it starts to take on a character where the true aim of what you do is, you know, the the effect of it. And and look, there's a you know, there's there's room for some of that stuff, you know, like I'm a lawyer because, you know, I, I like well, there's a lot of reasons actually, but like what's a better example? Like I mean, like when you get guys who are like, I want the fancy car just because I think it's going to get me this. I mm-hmm. I think, you know, well, I want the fancy car because it's going to attract a lady. Uh, I don't know who the fuck came up with that, too, by the way. That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but, so fucking dumb. Then, As a woman, let me tell you. So fucking dumb. Yeah, okay. it's just, oh. and I'm sure some women, like, it's like, oh, maybe he's got, yeah, I'm I don't sure know. some women are like, There's, ooh, but look at his car. That's, it's he like such a car. weird thing. It's like, what you want is, like, a good partner and someone who appreciates you and happiness. So why don't you just, why don't you, like, go after that more directly, you know? What and you th- that's want? the weird thing. Like, what you, this is what, I want to do a whole episode on, like, masculine like just masculinity and how men are socialized okay because this is why people are shooting up things okay yes what you want what you want is to feel authentically empowered that is what you want you think that a woman will get you that you think that having this and this and this will get you that but it ultimately doesn't because that is love meaning i will be happy once i have this thing 
and it never fucking works out. And you wonder why even fucking rich people are miserable because it, it's, it's, it's not ultimately Girl. what you want. Mm. It's a, it's the lie of the human condition. Okay. So like mm. you have to keep reminding yourself that, um, but like as men, it's like, again, I think that it's great to be really passionate about Kropotkin or, you know, yeah. to be really passionate about music and shit. But this is like my ex-boyfriend and complete gatekeeping about music. Like I knew that yeah. you didn't even know this. And da, 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 da. I'm like, the point of music, my friend, is to share it with people and to listen to it and to do psychedelics and like vibe the fuck yeah. out and yeah. like enjoy it with each other. Yes. So if you're a man... And you feel gatekeepy, like just know that women, anybody, anybody, not just women and men, people, you're attracted to authentically empowered vibes, like being able to be open, being able to be vulnerable, and being able to share with other people, yeah. and being able to like express that passion in an authentic way yeah. is what is quote unquote attractive or what's going to like attract a kind of like-minded, you know, individual that you're ultimately wanting. I mean, I guess we're devolving into all these different types. You know what? Yeah, the rest, the rest of this, uh, podcast, if it was just going to be, let's talk about like how we can get guys to be better at dating and yeah. connecting with people and being all open night. and vulnerable. I could do that. All, I could do another, that. Yeah. That's another show. That's another show. I know. Show. Well, but you know, I, it could be is... this one. It's a vibes only. So. Vibes only. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the name of my show, Vibes Only. No, that's the uh, fucking that's name. That's dumb. No, I like the one you were proposing. It was really good. I like that. Thought process? I like yeah. that. That's really good. I like puns. I want to be a dad. I like to, puns. It has to be punny, but I want to have. I want everyone to come on, and I want us to talk about love, and I want us to talk about dating, and I want us yeah, to talk about connection. That's perfect, people, girl. You know? I, I'm telling so. you, like, I ain't, I ain't in marketing, but if I saw that shit... I would click without even knowing what it was just because I'm like, I got to I got to get a listen. Like, what's well, going I don't know here? if you were. I don't know who, who if, if any anyone who is in this chat was around for when we when I it was like the first call in I was in and Brianna mm-hmm. did it. It was all about dating, like less yeah. dating, less politics. That show, we were talking for five hours because we were just like and she brought me on as a speaker. She brought like yeah. Sebastian on as a speaker. Like we were all just like oh, for real? talking for cuz we could this is I mean this is what being human is. It's like chips and connection yeah. and like what that means and how you find it and blah, blah, blah. So we yeah, can talk get about that listen. Yeah. yeah that, and I, that's that's a whole yeah, other thing because I, it it blows my mind that like it honestly it it blows my mind how much trouble there seems to be like Dating in general for like guys, there's plenty of trouble with it for sure. But like Mm -hmm. the kinds of things that women are dealing with too, that's what I'm talking about. Like those are so, I guess, more foreign to me because like, you know, I don't have the effect of like someone's never like, oh, your job is too good. I can't be with you. You know, like that's, that's such a weird, like that's something that's, I've had people do some crazy shit, but like Mm -hmm. that to me is like, what? Like what? What the fuck kind of who who that's that should be a plus dog like right. I don't understand like it's it's so weird and and I I don't you know I, I we we could talk about it all night yeah I don't know, maybe I, let's see I, we'll see what Dane's got going on but let's if you call back in later maybe we can keep talking about it. I saw Shelly called in too maybe we just make okay, the yeah, last sorry, bit guys. just all of us I talking get, I, about I all gotta this. get home to my family and I can't talk about socialism in front of them yeah you can just do it <laughs> fuck them 
<laughs> Fuck those motherfuckers. Socialism, baby. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> well, you know, if you can find a way to uh, to sneak in a closet or something, then uh, you know, yeah. feel feel free to call back. Closet, closet socialism. Yeah, that's what we do, baby. We that's we, the name. We over that's here. the name of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Look at that. Closet Boom. Socialism. Closet socialism. Yeah. Okay, All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Cynthia. Yeah, yeah it's good talking with you. Yeah, you too. All right, bye. All right, Dane. Welcome back, man. Go ahead and uh, unmute yourself and you're on. Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. First and foremost, I know per your previous Oh, one second, one second, Finish because Cynthia, I, I, you know you wanted to devote the rest of the episode to like making guys. Oh, can you hear me? You the... Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah lost you there. That. You can go. You can start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apologies there. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say, you know, per Cynthia's previous call, I know that you said you want to devote the rest of the episode to like making dudes better at uh, <laughs> dating and, and or just in general um so as to not ruin the vibe you want me to no. hang up right now because no no please please that's that was half said in jest but like i i'd love i'd love to hear what you have I, to say I, I, man sure <laughs> i get you yeah 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 i i get you you know i just don't want it to be like a, a date no not at all you Dane, you would never, yeah, but, ever be the vice yeah, yeah, here, no. too. Just so we're clear. Every time that you've called in, it's just like, I fucking look forward to I, it, man. It's Please, please do. Give us that Dane energy. I appreciate it. I'll try to keep half a lid on the can of spinach. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, yeah, you were talking a little bit earlier. I remember I've been in and out of the show this evening, unfortunately. Many things to do, job transitions and such. But um, the, uh, the, uh, the the aspect you had mentioned about um, uh, Steve Bannon sort of recruiting from a pool of eager young um, um, yeah. um, uh, reclaimed young men, you know, in the world of Warcraft domain of you know the the ever communalized, but you know. It, simultaneously atomized had, had you and all discussed the topic of, and I don't know how familiar you were with it when it happened back around uh, let's say 2014 I think it was the, uh, the, the, the happenings around uh, Gamergate are you familiar with that controversy yes, yeah. yes. that yes. in particular uh, NUNO Studios which is a YouTube channel did a fantastic like lecture series or something on it which really goes over the the history of it and everything. But for our audience who isn't familiar, Dane, why why don't you give us like the details or at least like a uh, I don't have I don't have the precise de- I, like for instance I when they say details, like broad strokes. Like I, I forget the, right. the, the the female journalist's name at this point in time. Do you Anita do you Sarkeesian. Anita Sarkeesian was the, was ju- the main one. Was- was she the journalist in question that was had the scurrilous accusation in any of No, the not her okay. actually. Yeah. But uh, I forget the the name of that journalist, but there were some accusations false ones by the way that she was sleeping with um 
male reviewers or male people at like game review websites and, and magazines Correct. to get her yeah, articles yeah. published, which is not at all what had happened. Um, not so at all what had happened, became, but it became kind of a crucible, a catalyst yes. for a lot of similar simmering rage that was going on associated with the energy, with the industry at the time, and it kind of popped the lid off of all of it. It yes. like you know just unleashed a torrent of anger against yeah. her, against you know the 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 journalists in question, yeah. you know, a bunch and of against developers the shut down their social media. Right. Some developers left the industry entirely. I mean, I, the know, crazy thing, like, one of the women. Like Anita Sarkeesian, who just wanted to make a, a series on uh, how women are portrayed in gaming, that was about it. You know, like she still gets death threats to this day from people oh, yeah. who are involved, who, you know, were somehow got super butt hurt over the fact that, you know, maybe there's some misogyny or maybe there's just some weird things that happen with how women are portrayed in video games. Like, how. Like even trying to bring that up as a subject, it's it's fucking, it's wild. Like people were giving her death threats. Like, but y- yes, please continue. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting example, just because I think it's kind of a diorama and a progenitor to a lot of what we're seeing nowadays. Especially because a lot of the grievances that like video game players, you, or however you want to describe them, nominally had associated with the industry at that time and continuing forward. And I, I think the, the right. perspective has gotten a bit better, at least from my vantage point. I'm not heavily within like the you know online gaming community or anything of that nature. I'll passingly play like teen, teenage. Ninja Turtles with my friends online. Hell and stuff yeah, like that that's well, right. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Shredder's Revenge. I recommend picking up. I'm a just gonna get it. Yeah, for one. sure. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but like the grievances, a lot of um, game gamers, purchasers of video games at the ha- at the time had really had to do with with. Um, the economics of the industry more than anything, and the, the way it's it's yes. such a great example of abusive late stage capitalism. The you know the disposing of talented development teams simply because they become too expensive to re- replace them by easy scabs. The dishonest uh, right. advertising practices that don't accurately represent what's going on, you know, at, at, at the time with, with, with uh, a game, the, the, the promises made associated with a product, and the way that, like, a lot of media people will, for access, you know, not sleep with, you know, people on the staff of gaming, but will remain on friendly terms and provide, like, like reviews that may perhaps will be um, more charitable to the final product than actually what's delivered, you know, because they either got an advanced copy or were not reviewing the totality of the game were just going off of their impressions from, say, the snippet, the demo that they were allowed to play, which might be, you know, as short as 15, 20 minutes, something along those right. lines. Yeah. But but similar similar to how immig- immigrants are sort of the 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 whipping boy for, you know, people's nativist perceptions about problems with the economy, like the the inclusivity representation in video games were sort of the um the, the, the donkey to have the proverbial tail pinned to with regard to uh, a yeah. lot of these problems associated with the industry, which are indicative of, you know, any 
capitalist industry at this point in development. I mean, that's just what happens when the, when the market is a wild rest and people don't have the uh, the uh, uh, the bargaining power of say a, a trade guild, you know, associated with what they're providing. I also like the example of vid- the video game industry just because it shows the way in which like education will not save you. Like like you know you can yes. learn Python, you can learn MATLAB, you can learn you know C plus plus, C sharp, every coding language you want to, you will still be treated like a roadie on like you know a kiss like fifth consecutive reunion tour where you will be like brought to three cities and then ceremonially hung out to dry when they go to find go to look to find someone who's you know incrementally cheaper from the pool of you know standby night shifts associated with the local Bex yes. gas station and things yes. of that nature yeah so yeah, yeah. i mean but yeah p- please uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to retort briefly because i've been going on for a little while now you're bringing up such great points as always dan i mean like with the gaming industry in particular that's such a good example of how you have people who have the specialized knowledge, who go to school, who want to get these, you know, good jobs. And, you know, a lot of people who want to be upwardly mobile or want to have some sort of safety net in the kind of education they receive and also be able to go into an industry to where they have, you know, passion in and they care about. And here uh, come game studios, which uh, force them into crunches. And for those of you who don't know, crunches are they're sort of just like forced overtime for months and months and months before a game's release to work out all the bugs, to get it all ready for release. Um, and a lot of these people are salaried, so there's no, there's no pay increase for the forced overtime. They're switching to different studios, uh, different locations. They're closing out studios in some locations because uh, just labor. I mean, the, the things you'd expect under capitalism and its ability to... Uh, its tendency to constantly try to increase profits by uh, decreasing labor costs. And they have some of the worst working conditions, actually. Of Well, I don't want to say the worst, but like their working conditions have consistently gotten more and more terrible over the years. And if you're involved in gaming or anything like that and you want someone who actually does a pretty good job of constantly calling this out, there's a, a YouTuber named uh, Jim Sterling, Jim Stephanie Sterling, who... Uh, goes over this and has been for a long time uh and also kind of an old head in the game industry at this point been around for years and years but uh yeah it's a great example dan it's 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 it won't save you capitalism like it will not save you the education does not save you um and i guess the last thing i say about it is it it there's a tendency the thing i really dislike about kind of that system of oh it won't save you is the tendency is you have to keep getting as much money as you can while you can get it and then constantly try to put yourself in the position of the bourgeois class, which what does that mean? It means starting to engage in rent-seeking behavior, right? You're not safe if you're a landlord either, but you're a lot safer or a lot more safe than you are if you're just a worker, and even if you have a high class kind of job, you know, the pressure is, hey, start buy a property and then rent it out. Let other people start to exploit them, you know, their need to live, like buy up areas, um, become a landlord, become the capitalist. And that is sort of the, the tendency of the system is and it's almost disadvantageous to yourself if you're not doing that 
while you're stuck in that system. It's a fucking loop. And then what happens when you get to the top? If you end up becoming like an Elon Musk or something like that, let's just say you're the one in you know, a billion who gets there, then you've gotten there now by continually sorry, engaging in that same sort of exploitation, and now your exploitation grows. And now the thing that you're doing is going to continue to have extern- external effects that are just negative to the rest of the world. Um, like, look, if you're a landlord who owns thousands of properties, like, congratulations, I guess, but housing prices are going to start going up in those areas, rent costs are going to go up, and people eventually are not going to be able to afford it, and potentially, without a safety net, are going to be homeless, and they could die. Like, that is the system. Um when profit is the only gain and profit is the only way to save yourself potentially from being that homeless person. It's, it's, it's a cycle. It's, it's fucking vicious. Yeah. I mean, and I think the very psychology of, I mean, video games are structured as capitalist machines in the sense that like the way that challenges are met is by like leveling up modding getting a new special skill set you know like in the form of you know depending upon the game like a special weapon set or a special like spell to cast it and stuff like that it's predicated upon the idea that you're always accumulating always you know refining always always sort of like upping your game to, to face where, you know, new challenges that maybe the game puts is put up, puts on the horizon. And like, that's yeah. that, and that's, you know, it, that, it, it, and if you fail, like, you know, the rules state that like, you, you know, it's on you because the game developer wouldn't have designed a game that couldn't be beaten. You know, it must be something you would done wrong. You would approach it with bad strategy, or maybe you just suck at the game and can't play it correctly. I think, I mean, like, from a higher level, I think that's a lot to do with, like, you know, you talk about the, the frustrated young men on the World of Warcraft thing. Like, they're so used to operating in the world, like, you know, of perfect meritocracy, where, you know, in order to get the girl, all they have to do is save her from Bowser's castle, and she'll be, she'll Holy love you fuck. as, like, a reward for, for, for you for you playing the game the correct way and having the persistence to beat it to the end. So, like, you know, they go through the motions of buying, buying the Claire's, like, you know, uh, like, 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 polyethylene plastic necklace and you know like ordering the 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 applebee's for you know the uh, second date dinner and then when when the pussy doesn't materialize like you know the 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 the, the after credit sequence at the end of super mario 64 when you know you don't in fact get to like you know uh, uh, the top of the castle after collecting the 120 stars and meet Yoshi and you know uh, oh compare tongue sizes, yeah. compare oh sizes my so to speak. <laughs> you know, that you know they, they feel frustrated and betrayed because they're 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 so accustomed to working within this this system of right. perfect meritocracy that's always that's always fair that's always just and if like if something doesn't materialize it's the, it's it's the, the the player's fault for not playing the game right, but if they did play the game right in their minds, it's the developer's fault for lying to them because they were right. chiseled on the deal at the end of the day. So, oh my god, that is such that insight, Dan, is blowing my mind. I never even thought of that. Like the 
I, from oh decades my God. of being the, the, a nerd, yes. I, I've lived among them. I know how they. I, I know how they think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know where those instincts come from. Joel, I, it's, it's like one, wow. it's like one of those guys who gets deprogrammed from like a neo-Nazi group or whatever. I, I'm basically like a deprogrammed right. like 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 incel basically. Where like I know the psychology. I know that I know what yeah. goes through the clockwork and what makes the clockwork turn kind of shit. So, yeah. Right. My God. But that that I've never even thought of like the idea that like you know. You know, like, I do the perfect Dark Souls role, and I beat every boss, and I know how the game operates, and I'm able, like, input, my input leads to the output that I want, which is, you know, the reward, the end credits. That is fucking fascinating to me, actually. And it makes a lot of sense, and holy shit, like... And that can also contribute to the sense of like entitlement that people have for like like you're saying like you know like if I buy the Applebee's fucking whatever shit they got there I don't go to Applebee's but you know whatever fucking rib shit or whatever yeah. they sell like I will get the pussy that is yeah, yeah. why I mean yeah. what is what is app what is Applebee's if not like you know getting the fire flower in this case like you know just yeah. fiery diarrhea but oh so, I mean suffice, <laughs> suffice to say like you know it, it's the power up it's like the next yes. step you need to get in order yeah. to you know beat Holy Bowser fuck, in the first cla- castle to God, go on to the next level you know or the next fuck. base as it were you know but yeah I mean that's I think that's a lot of the psychology that goes behind like a lot of their grievance and a lot of the you know the, the blue balledness in every yeah. sense of the phrase is that like they yeah. feel frustrated because they don't they don't think the rewards are adhering to what the rules dictate should happen basically but yeah i mean yeah i'm yes. sort of pondering repeatedly at this point on the same point i'll let shelly get to talking again but again as always thank you for uh hashing things out with me but it's it's been fun as, as it always is. oh my god so. dane please never stop calling in please it's amazing <laughs> i i love it I'll it's make great it, i'll like, make it a point too I'm going to be thinking about that all night now. God, that is, uh, that's great. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you later. Yeah, take care. And coming up next, you know her, you love her. Give it up for Shelly. <laughs> okay, Dane needs to be on every leftist show ever. Dude. What he blew my fucking mind. Like it, it's. I love those kinds of insights that when you actually start thinking about it too, it's like super simple, right? But it's 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 almost like therapy, you know. Like if you got a good therapist, they kind of reframe something or they propose something in a way that like you've never really thought about it, and that kind of allows you to reconstruct the whole narrative in your mind. Like that insight, I never even associated like. That I kind of feel like reward if structure. Just, like took two seconds and sort of like kind of pared down some of his talking points. He could just basically make a new little red book, like just filled with quotes. Yeah. I mean, what is a, about, what, what's the red book? Uh, I don't know the Mal's, red book. Mal's little red book of quotes that oh, the Black Panthers. Of, of course, it would be a Mal red <laughs> Shelly. Yeah. Uh, but if you read it, it's just like a bunch of quotes that are like very succinct and very sharp. And they're very yeah. insightful. And I just feel like Dane is Dane is Dane's got it in that way. I fucking look, I I the people who are showing up to this podcast are That's the fucking shit. Folks. God damn, the chat wow. is always cracking me up. People talking about like someone was asking, wait, do y'all know Bide's mom? <laughs> So funny. Well, it's yeah, like, that's what I was saying. I was like, I, I only read Lennon's book. Fuck your mom. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was Lennon's first book, was How to Fuck Bide's Mom. How to fuck God, Bide's I'm mom. sorry. My mom sometimes will listen to this. Mom, I love you. I'm sorry. But it's, yes, you, you, the, she's the, probably I, laughing, honestly. I, I don't want to, like, totally, like, out you or, like, dox you. But, like, I wish I could be like, sorry, Mrs. Smith. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a gag. We don't yeah. actually think you're fucking people. Right. <laughs> That'd be funny if, if I found out. Like, wait, you fucked to. you fucked everyone in my chat, mom? Mom, how could you? <laughs> wait a minute, everyone in chat is fucking my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was just going to oh, say, God. you know, it seems yeah. like a, a lot of people here, I, I mean, have had like sort of a positive reaction to like maybe doing some type of reading group. It doesn't necessarily have to be so. Marxist. I'm going to out myself. Uh-huh. I, I'm part of a Marxist reading group right now, and I, yeah, I think I could that. just – I could invite you all if you were down to show up to the chat. We're probably bigger than the entire group is. But I'll – you know what? They wanted to have it grow, so we're about to start a new book too. I forget which one. Wait, we were voting on it. What are you guys it. doing? Uh, let me see. Let me go check out. And also, I the time was not appropriate, but there was last week, whenever you were talking to your sister, mm-hmm. who really was like resonating and yeah. I felt so much like empathy for her. And I said something about like a colonized mind in the chat and you guys kind of briefly discussed that. Um, go ahead and talk for because I got to find the quote that I that I really wanted to like share with you guys in Franz Fanon's Wretched of the Earth. So oh, I fucking love the Wretched of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, that's my jam. That actually is uh, probably a little more responsible for getting me on this path than a lot of things. Actually, Franz um, Fanon is fucking great. Franz Fanon's a real one. He's a real one. He um, is. But here's what I'll do. I'll drop the um, – God, I hope this doesn't close out the app. Can can you still hear me? Am I still here? I can still hear you. Be very careful. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, let me see. The left – If not, <laughs> we'll just holler or, we'll, left or we'll bring it up again later. Okay. Let me see. This is the um, – I don't know. There has to be someone to – trying to figure out how to send this. Here we go. Um, what do I do? What's the way to send this link? Uh, um, copy and just paste in the chat? It's an email. So I don't know. Oh. Really, what do I do? Um, I wonder if there's just like a... Like a... Doo, 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 doo. Maybe I'll just post a Zoom link. Is the Zoom link the same every time? I'm not sure. Um, but maybe post the name of the group and... Um, Perhaps we can, and if you find some other way, you can maybe ask the people in the group. Um, you can, in maybe your next episode, post a more reliable link. But just as long as people are at least willing to do it. Because I think getting more people involved in a reading group is good. You could do it as a yeah. separate reading group so that you can cover material that you want to do. Or you can join an existing reading group. But it seemed like a lot of people um, thought that that was at least an intriguing and engaging thing that they might want to get involved in. And I think that that's kind of the first step for a lot of people is it's to stop feeling so isolated and to get involved in something, even if it's a small thing, like a reading group, you know, it's just whatever gives people community and a sense of belonging is really what's important. A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. And I'm uh, sending the information now. It's called the left. Uh, this is the guy. His name is Josh. His name is Josh. Actually, if some of you follow like like Kyle Kolinsky and everything, there was a scandal with um, the uh, North Carolina Greens uh, being. Uh, so you saw that. So basically, Democrats were scheming and and lying and committing fraud to get the North Carolina Green Party off the ballot. Uh, the people in that phone call for the Green Party are the people that I'm in this uh, uh, unity, uh, this reading group with. So it was crazy. Um, that guy's name is Tony, Tony Nedge. He's sick as fuck. Um, but yeah, this is a, yeah, if y'all want to join the, the reading group, we meet every Thursday, uh, Thursday evenings, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good vibes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting started on, what is it? I just saw it. Well, right now we're still voting, but currently what was winning was... Boop, 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 boop. Let me do this. Mm, okay, currently the winner is Stalin, the Foundations of Leninism. Ooh, followed by, that. followed by uh, the second place is Reminiscence, or I don't even know how to say that. Reminiscence of the Cuban Revolution, um, which I think is is that I think that's Guevara. I believe, but yeah, Reminiscence. I think so. Yeah, um, and then. After that is a selection from prison notebook, prison notebooks. I mean, here's the reading list that we have. We don't we don't have all the um, the reading list currently. Prison notebooks. Yeah, Gramsci. Yeah, that's right. Damn, Shelly, you're like a fucking encyclopedia, dude. My God, I Wait. I know my commies. God, how do you know that? <laughs> and World of Warcraft. What is going on? Like, I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm I'm exactly the type of person that Jordan Peterson is trying <laughs> to bring in <laughs> from the fold. It's just that I'm yeah. a woman, and so he has no idea how to relate to us. God, that guy video. is falling off the deep end. I, I mean, he's always ad. been like there, but he put some ad on a YouTube video where he was just like, "I've been I've been telling this to uh, young men." Uh, but really, they need to—they need to be a monster. They need to be a monster because that's what's required in society is uh, to to be a monster. Now, you need to learn to control that monster, and that's yeah. what makes you a productive citizen. It's just like he's—he's he's such a fucking psycho. Like, hey, activate yeah. your in, your inner like narcissistic, absolutely horrifying part of your personality like essentially what freud would call your id yeah activate yeah. your id let that fucking run wild and that's how that's what's going to get you pussy okay honestly if the there's so much of the world that could be understood in like fuck niggas trying to get pussy like <laughs> you know like honestly you can understand a lot of politics by just these like trash motherfuckers trying to get pussy on, on some real shit. It's you wild. Know, if only Marx had converted Lenin into pussy, we would have had a revolution the world fuck over. Uh, <laughs> I bet we would have. I bet we would have. I mean, like, maybe that's the way. Maybe instead of the, the little red book, well, Dan could do the little red book, and then we can come up with a way of, like, converting Marx's capital. Instead of, like, bolts of Lenin, we could talk about, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, Applebee's, 
pussy. Well, that won't work. So it's, many you know. of these like white fucking incel and weightlifting dude bros in the United yeah. States, they would be like, I'm all about liberation struggles for the third world. Like, uh, you know, like there's already a couple types that are trying to get <laughs> they're trying to do that now. <laughs> well, you know, in a way, more in a property yeah. owning way. That's, that's yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. But, but anyway, you know. just just to close it out on like a more intellectual note, because like it's whenever you were talking to your sister last week, um, yeah. there was there was that there was I was. I was desperately like trying to flip through my wretched of the earth book and like try to find at least a part of it that um, whenever we were talking about the colonized mind. And so I'll just read a a quote real quick, get your comments and we'll say bye. And we can talk about book club either on call in or um, with your joining your group later. So here we go. Quote, the few native personalities whom the colonialist bourgeois have chance to encounter have had insufficient impact to alter their current perception and nuance their thinking. During the period of liberation, however, the colonialist bourgeoisie frantically seeks contact with the colonized elite. It is with this elite that the famous dialogue on values is established. Mm. When the colonialist bourgeoisie realizes it is impossible to maintain its domination over the colonies, it decides to wage a rearguard campaign in the fields of culture values and technology but what should Mm. but what we should never forget is that the immense majority of colonized people are impervious to such issues for a colonized people the most essential value because it is the most meaningful is first and foremost the land the land which much provide which must provide bread and naturally dignity Hmm. for a colonized people the most essential value because the most concrete is first and foremost the land. Yes. The land which will bring them bread and above all dignity. Yeah. So I what mean, they're talking about, whenever they talk about the colonialist bourgeoisie, they're talking about the active group that is trying to colonize yeah. uh, the peoples. And so what they do is whenever they realize that they don't have the masses, they don't have the colonized people, they, they cannot get them on oh. their side because the colonized people understand oh. that what they're selling them is a trap. Then they run to the colonized elite. So they run to the people out of that colony that are the elites. Hmm. And then they corrupt those elites. They try to get them on their sides. There's a whole other passage in here about um, the colonized intellectual um, accepted the cogency of these ideas and there in the back of his mind that a sentinel on duty guarding the Greco-Roman pedestal. And so what mm. you're essentially doing is you're taking, um, like if you think about like Africa or, or any of these other places, you're, it's like they accept the Western version of values and what's important. And, and so you're establishing the colonized mind and the elite. And then what gets taught in right, the academy, right, what gets pushed out to the people, right, what's acceptable right. discourse. But the colonized masses absolutely reject it. It does not compute with them. They mm. reject it wholly and totally. Wasn't it Franz Fanon who also said uh, the the oppressed will always believe the worst about themselves or something like that? Something along those lines. What 
what essentially I, I to, to paraphrase and I won't say it nearly as eloquently as he has, but it's essentially fine. Call me a barbarian and I'll act like one. It's you have typed mm. past me into the role of that. And so I will certainly play that role and it's to get my own liberation. Mm. So it's, it's the demonization Damn. of the people that, that brings Damn, them to the point. Yeah. That's kind of fucking gangster though. Honestly, yes. working people are gangster. Like, that's kind of like, I don't know that that's like Meek Mill in a way. I, I, I got to turn some of y'all into Meek Mill fans, like, by the end of this. I don't know who Meek Mill is. If you... He's a rapper. He's a rapper. Okay. He's a shit. He's fucking, right. I think he's Philly. He's, he's, he, he's, he's just like a, he's one of these people, like, I, I love finding, like, rappers and hip-hop artists who you can hear them sort of develop their insight from, like, like, the actual sort of started from the bottom and now we're here type people, like, and then they'll develop these insights into the system that is oppressing them and just articulate in the most beautiful ways. And they speak in the language of like authentically where they come from still. And I think Mick Mill is one of the best examples of that. That motherfucker, like, I just, I have a lot of respect for Meek Mill, honestly, for Meek Mill and, and, and any rapper who does shit like that. Um, to me, yeah. I don't know. There has to be a revolutionary connection to, Music, which actually Jaws has a little show about that he's he's been doing. So maybe maybe that would be where we can discuss some of that, Jaws, whenever he yeah, that would gets be, that, that show. Be cool. going there, on. There's a there's like a super rich history with like blues music, bluegrass music, jazz, like all that yeah. type of stuff that's connected with that type of stuff. It's it's a really rich um, a part of American history and and class struggle for sure. For sure. I think I think one of the reasons I like people like Meek Mill is because that richness of the history is happening now. And I feel like 20 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, man, Meek Mill was really like it's going to be like blues and jazz. Right. Like like, you know, like people get it and it's like it's in. And then afterwards, you know, people come in and they're like, oh, wow, it was so deep. You know, like it's happening now. You just gave me a new woman. Like I can literally sit there and be like, I was into Meek Mill before he was. (laughs) I know, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you could be the gatekeeper, Shelly. Yes. <laughs> Give me the keys. I'll do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but well, I, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's really important. Everyone here seems really interesting. Like, everyone seems really interested in the whole reading group. We just got to figure out what form we want to take it in. Do we want to do it, Colin? Do we want to join another group? Yeah. I think that's great. Bide, close it out with your wonderful comments. I love you so much. Bye-bye. Oh, I love you too, Shelly. Oh, that's so nice. Well, look at this. Look what happens when we embrace pop socialism, y'all. <laughs> look at the kind of community you can actually build by just not closing the Wait, door. don't give your closing comments yet. Sonia's oh. called. So oh, anytime. Sonia. Yeah, she's been trying to call in a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Sonia. Finally. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just save that dank shit I was about to drop for later. Uh, Sonia, so glad you could finally join us. I was so sad that, to see you dropped out of the chat or the, the call-in list. Oh, well, it happened. But I guess um, uh, I'd like to preface this by saying um, I don't use TikTok. And I gave up on trying to understand what the young people are doing a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, me too. um, too. I can't really speak to how well this is converting people to socialism. 
but I guess I just understand TikTok as a medium, like, and social media in general is used to like market fast fashion. And you kind of alluded um... to this yourself. I don't know if these people are actually converting people or just getting people to buy, like, I think Shane or Sheen or something Ooh. is like the brand right now. Yeah. Um, so if it's, you know, leading people to delve more deeply into socialism, that's great. But if it's just leading people to engage in more consumerism, I'm not sure if that's necessarily positive. That's a good fucking point, Sonia. That is a very good point. So, and we don't really have numbers for that. And it is interesting. I guess one of the things I suggested people watch uh, for this one was I, I posted a video by ContraPoints that talks about opulence and talks about sort of the, it's really kind of about how, um, you know, the, uh, it's, it's hard to explain the, the, the full amount of it. I'll give the broad strokes, but it goes over basically what is, what leads to people wanting to sort of consume uh, or, or aspire to have an aesthetic of opulence, an aesthetic of wealth to kind of flaunt uh, things, you know, and to kind of uh, imagine what they'd buy if they had money. Uh, a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of capitalism involved in that, sure. Uh, but she kind of goes into the history of the phrase opulence, you own everything, which apparently started in like the, the New York ballroom scene, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as a, a way for people who didn't own shit to sort of imagine themselves as like the CEOs or the rich or the whatever. But I think the point that the video eventually gets across too, you know, it goes over like how we determine what's tasteful and what's not tasteful or who has taste and who doesn't and why people who have very little aspire to, you know, like a quote unquote, like tacky or distasteful display of wealth or whatever. But she goes over something that necessarily true though. Uh, what, what do you mean? Like, I mean, I, I would say maybe that's what's being conditioned into people. Like, this is what gives you acceptance and that kind of thing. Sure. But in general, I, I feel like I know a lot of working class people who really just want, like, comfort. You know, ah, not anything and, like fancy. Exactly. They just exactly. want enough to, like, live. Um, exactly. Well, well she goes... The last part of the video really goes into the fact that those like to the extent that those desires or people can live vicariously through like uh, sort of people who are kind of are or, or displaying wealth uh, is very much contingent on their ability to actually provide for themselves, their ability to have health care and how eventually with these things, the guillotines come out. So I would say in this situation, like getting people like maybe they'll be participating in, in fast fashion, but if things keep going as they are and capitalism progresses in a way that 
it kind of knocks these people out of their ability to even participate in fast fashion. Least something to cling to socialism or, or like some kind of rec- uh, uh, exposure to socialism for whenever the revolution comes, if that makes sense. I think if that's what it's doing, it is positive. But I also feel like um, there was this Canadian um, like cultural theorist, Marshall McLuhan, who wrote this book. I can't remember what it was called, but um, there was a phrase, the medium is the message. And you know, hmm. I, again, I haven't used TikTok, but when I have used it, it feels like my brain is just being bombarded, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what that does to people because I know it's very like, true. even just reading books, it activates different parts of the brain than like listening to something being read versus reading something aloud. So I just wonder what is all of this con- constant, like just bombardment of just information and entertainment doing to people a hundred percent and that's a whole other discussion is the 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 mediums themselves to what extent they're helping us i mean if to anyone who's been on twitter it's probably not helping us (laughs) you know like that shit is foul that and yes yes but you know to the extent that they're out there would I at least want people to potentially have a gateway in that medium to maybe pick up a book? I don't like for someone to pick up capital from TikTok, honestly, like to go from that kind of brain bombardment to just like your brain melting over, over every single word that you're trying to read. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't know if people are doing that either. It would be it would be nice to know. I mean, I, I can only speak for myself with like YouTube, right? And if it worked for me with YouTube, then maybe maybe it'll work with TikTok. But I do think of all the different social medias out there, TikTok, from what I hear, and one of the reasons I won't use it is because it's the most addictive. Uh, it's really good at just finding you into the stuff you like and just showing it to you over and over again. The, the quick little five second videos, like I have ADHD as it is. I cannot fucking handle that shit. Like I'm just going to, I'm not going to be able to form sentences anymore. If I get on TikTok. I, my brain will just completely fry and I know I'd just be on there forever. So, um, but that's, those are good points. Those are good points, but I don't know if how much we're going to reach people too by, if if the only introduction to socialism that we can offer them is uh, Bakunin <laughs> or well, crypt, guess- crypt 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 uh, the one that what's her name kept the Cynthia kept saying crypt what's the name Kryptopkin Kripotkin Kripotkin yeah Kripapapapalus whatever yeah <laughs> Kripotkin yeah okay. I mean uh, I mean I don't know who's really using TikTok what the demographics are. But I feel like if it's just like a bunch of bougie white kids, then maybe it's good for us that they're all dumber. I don't know. Um, but Fuck. Oh, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> for the I was not expecting that punchline. That was great. <laughs> well delivered. But Very good. I, I just feel like when it comes to like average everyday people, like connecting in real life has always worked for me. 
Like, I was always a nerd yes. who liked reading. And I don't know if it's suddenly become cool or something. <laughs> and, like, wearing makeup and buying clothes isn't cool anymore. But, like, maybe it's a generational shift. I don't know. But I just remember it wasn't popular to read when I yeah. was growing up. Yeah. And so I think... if people are embracing that, I think that's actually a good thing if this is the counterpoint to that. Yeah, I think they are, honestly. I mean, from what I know of the younger generations, because I'm, you know, I'm old balls, too, at this point. Um, but they have a really good sense of understanding the balance between, like, you know, like, reading is cool, getting, you know, uh, understanding things is cool, getting involved, and, and trying to actually have some sense of... Uh, substance to your understanding of things is cool but it's also cool to like dress up and be hot which i think is kind of like you know like to go do your shit like go have fun and like uh it seems like they're less i I don't know they're they're they got like a pretty good amount of flow to them um and i don't know how that happened exactly but that's I think that's that's a better building block to work off of, honestly. You know, I I um. I mean, you know. I think every avenue that brings people into um, being receptive to certain values is always good, and if people who understand theory can communicate it in a way that people see direct relevance to their life, like you explain something general, like a a phenomenon happening and they're like, Oh wow. I see that happening with me at work, you know, like right. pretty much every job I've had, like they don't necessarily need to read it as much as they need to know, like the framework uh, to apply to their own lives, you know? And I right. feel like that has come. Like when I just have conversations with people at parties I mean, I'm one of those people when I drink, I just get way too philosophical. But some people like having conversations, you know, yeah. when they're drinking. So, That's true, yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. feel like everybody's different and we just need to embrace the diversity of approaches instead of really just shitting on each other. Yeah, I'm tired of shitting on each other without, you know, unless you're into that. If you're into that, go do your thing, whatever. But uh I'm tired of it. I do not, I do not, like, I don't enjoy, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy, like, making, like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we have to try to make people feel bad about where they're at, you know? Like, instead of trying to help them get to where they want to be, give them avenues to look at the world in a more productive way. I think that shit is groovy to me, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know. You've, you've given, given us a lot to think about, but I think that's, that's really good stuff. Sonia. I appreciate you calling in or do you have, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to rush you out or anything. Do you have anything else to, Oh yeah, no, that's all oh, I okay. had to really contribute. Thanks for okay, taking cool. my call. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, everyone. I think, God, these always, how do I end up going for three hours with y'all? It's just fun. It's, um, have a good time. Uh, man, it was cool. 
So, okay, let's 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 do the closeout thing. Look, uh, first and foremost, that guy did not fuck my mom. I want to be clear. And my mom would not fuck him. But you know what would make my mom more likely to fuck that guy? If he had a more welcoming affect to trying to bring people in, to actually trying to uh, meet people where they're at, to know that we all are from different walks of life and we all get here from different paths. But it's a lot more beneficial to see people who are walking along those paths, if you can see them from your destination, to pull them along, to help them, to try to reach out and, you know, offer some guidance. And I think the thing that I really like about the TikTok bimbo trend, uh, BreadTube, you know, these leftist YouTubers, just these avenues of more pop culture, pop socialism, are that they give people exposure where I don't think any really existed before. Uh, They give people access to maybe asking more questions or maybe being introduced to resources that they would not have found otherwise. And not everyone's going to go there. And some people will stay with the most pop understanding of socialism ever. But even if like, you know, to me, even if someone decides that, yeah, I'm going to support a leftist candidate or I'm going to vote for universal health care or fight for universal health care, even because it's trendy, I'm cool with that. My thing is, too, you know, with a mass movement, with a with people who are supposed to sort of own their own means of production and have some real sort of control over their lives by more direct engagement with democracy, part of that means, too, that some people, too, are just going to choose not to learn theory ever. And that is a valid choice. It's an extremely valid choice because you know what? My, uh, what is theory fighting for? What are we fighting for to begin with? Is to allow those people to have that luxury to enjoy their lives, to enjoy their space on this earth, to just fucking chill, you know? And sometimes those people who chill, they're going to do other productive work. And by productive work, I don't mean like working in, you know, we're working to make like, I don't know, like steel beams or something like that. But like, they're going to allow people to create art, allow people to find what interests them. That's what makes us interesting is we're not all going to go the theory route. You know, that's cool. That is fine. And when we see people who might have questions or they might be interested in learning more and they might be interested in uh, discovering their politics, we should help them. If we're going to be about the people, we got to be about the people. You know? I mean, like, you know, Fred Hampton was... Like, that's a guy who was about the people, Right? He didn't have to teach everyone theory or everything. He just had to make people understand that it was better that they should get free breakfast in the mornings, you know? 
It's like that that is a valid goal. And when we're talking about a mass movement, there shouldn't really be any gatekeeping. Unless you find out, you know, like someone's CIA or something, and then, you know, maybe we can convince them. <laughs> and look, I, I do think that the, the degree to which leftist movements are infiltrated and people try to turn you against each other and turn us all around and everything, like, look, that's going to be part of it. But it's a lot harder to do that when you want to welcome people in to get to like a, a common goal when you're willing to find the commonalities. And I'm not trying to say that we're all, you know, we, we all become like kumbaya socialists or whatever. I'm just saying that like, look, like, uh, you don't have to be a fucking dick. You still have to be a dick. And when you are a dick, it, it really shows more about you than it does about like the validity of your political movement or anything like that. And God forbid that you end up turning someone off who could be a huge ally in, in your fight towards freedom because, like, you wanted to prove that you know Kapurkin or Kafukin, I don't know, Hadouken, that you wanted to fucking out-Hadouken them in socialism or whatever. Like, who gives a fuck? I don't give a shit. Fuck you. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't give a fuck if you know Kapurkin or Bakunin. Like... And you know what I might give a fuck about? If, like, if those ideas are good and you see that I'm interested in stuff that's around those ideas, then you end up being like someone like Sonia and at a party where we're drinking, you're like, hey, like, I want to wax philosophical about shit. Have you heard of Hadouken? Let me tell you about good old Hadouken. And maybe I'll be fucking interested in that shit. But, like, the gatekeeping stuff, the calling everything just a spectacle. And look, there is, it's not completely invalid that like, we're not trying to say that like, it should all be spectacle. There has to be substance. But the idea is that we have to understand people come in at different stages. And there also has to be more of a understanding that the process of Spaced repetition, like Amanda was saying. The process of getting people in. Just reeling them in. Reeling them into that good socialism shit. We're going to just reel them in. Come on over. Yeah, that's right. You like TikTok bimbos? Well, yeah. Have you heard about Kaputkin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a bimbo himself. Yeah, Kaputkin was real nasty bimbo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, reel them in. Reel that shit in. And have fun with it. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, we, God damn, shit's fucking miserable. So, like, one thing that my sister said last week that really has stuck with me is like, you know, you can't let them rob you of your joy. Because then it's just like, the, and look, the act of like living and still having the audacity to try to enjoy your life is an act of rebellion too. Is it going to necessarily result in the kind of revolution that might be needed for wide-scale political change? I don't know. Probably not. But God damn it, like, it's your fucking life. If you believe, if we believe in, like, people having control and authority over their lives, right? Like, we should also believe in that for us as people. You 
should be able to enjoy your life. Two, you should be able to have fun. You should be able to be a TikTok bimbo. If you want to go up there and do your thing, do it. Do it. I'm going to do a whole episode of just being a fucking slut for socialism. That's going to be my whole... I'm going to make a whole episode of just me just slutting it up for socialism. We'll make it a fundraiser. (laughs) Well... We'll donate it to some, I don't know, maybe like sex workers or something who are trying to unionize. That would actually be pretty sick. <laughs> if we did a whole episode of just like complete bimbo shit, just having fun, and then somehow found a way to, I don't know, raise money and then give it to the sex. Because there are some sex workers who are trying to unionize, I think, over in California at least. That would be sick. But yeah, that's, that's where I come down on it. And here's the thing, folks. Shelly was nice enough to bring up Franz Fanon, the the you know the colonized mind, a lot of these things. I, there's another quote by him that I just found um, that I've always liked, and I've been looking for it uh, on the sly while we've been I've been doing this outro. But it's it's this. It's from the Wretched of the Earth. But again, when we talk about TikTok bimbos and we talk about like gatekeeping, let's listen to what Franz Fanon had to say. And what he said was, quote, everything can be explained to the people on the single condition that you want them to understand. End quote. Preach. Preach. Do you want them to understand? Or do you want to be a motherfucker? You tell me. But I think we'll all be a lot better off if we actually believe in the kind of uh, society that we want to live in. If we want people to understand, if we actually go out there, but you can be a motherfucker in motherfucker land if you want to, but you ain't fucking my mom because she's not going to fuck you. Schnarf. <laughs> she's not going to fuck you. Okay. That's... All right, everybody. That's it. That's the whole thing. Um, uh, thank you all for coming. I appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed your stay this week at the Fred Hampton Inn & Suites. Take care.